devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello, once this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rapaxon, and we're here talking all things at Salford. Red Devil's Jam show this week. As ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. Paul, looking forward to talking to all things Salford Red Devils in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Been a good Easter on it, so I need to get something off my chest. But yeah, I'm looking forward to the show, mate. Yeah, no doubt. How was how was your uh, sort of Easter week and Parker? Uh, it's been uh, I don't know. Yeah, not not great in in so many ways. And and all right, others I can't I can't really complain. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Besides the uh, the rugby, everything's gone well. We got through another week. Uh, and now we just got to look forward again, if if that's what we can do. We've got the Easter out of the way now, and uh, it's time to refocus. I think. Yep, I had my fortieth birthday party this weekend. It was uh, good fun. Uh, did plan to go to Warrington on an all day bender, but parental responsibilities took hold, so I had to just go to the match. Had a party on Friday and Sunday with various members of my family, which was great. Thanks to everyone who, who sent me. Uh, Twitter messages and and Facebook messages saying happy birthday it means a lot, Parky. When you get that uh, big 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 birthday, yeah, a landmark, a mm. landmark. So yeah, I'm trying to think back to being forty. Um, <laughs> no, it's yeah, it is nice. I noticed all your messages, but it was quite quite a nice touch from everybody. Uh, and it does it makes a difference, doesn't it? Cheers you up, you think? Well, they don't have to. Nope. So, yeah, no, but so you had a good time, you had a good weekend. Yeah, it was good, it was good. Obviously, like I say, Easter and all that, and people getting together, especially with like COVID last few years, you're not able to do it, have you? So it's uh, it was good to get, you know, people in, have a few beers and uh, good times. I was looking forward this week, I've got a fancy dress party this week. One of uh, my missus' uh, friends is 50. Paul, you ever been to a fancy dress party? What did you go as? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember what to a fancy dress party, to be honest with you, mate, but... Uh... I think it was a Salford player, wasn't there? Who had ever been going in fancy dress, I think, last few weeks, pretending to be <laughs> rugby players, aren't they? But, <laughs> no, no, you're going back to Easter. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's, it's a good time, isn't it, Easter, to have a bit of time off work. and I always enjoy it. I said, I think I said it on the podcast of the week about it's like a festival of rugby league, isn't it? And there's, like, games on every day. And I caught a, a bit of the games that were on, on Good Friday and... Um, there's a couple of games on Easter Sunday, weren't there as well? And I saw some of the telly games as well. So uh, so I enjoyed them. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Salford's games. It was just disappointing we couldn't get a result over Easter, wasn't it? So, uh, you know, two defeats, it's a bit of a setback, really, isn't it? But, uh, but yeah, I'm sure uh, I'm sure things are going to get better. Got Wigan and Saints, haven't we? So things have to get better, don't we? <laughs> Can't get easier. <laughs> yeah, I've been to a fancy dress party with Parker, and uh, he doesn't mean uh, Freddie Mercury. Is that true? Can you confirm that, Parker? Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, I was thinking that. I thought I have been to one. I, went, I, I once went to uh, David Dickinson. Right. Um, that was uh, that was quite quite. I don't I don't think you can get away with doing that now. <laughs> Although, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, no, we did. We had a what, what, we had a party here, didn't we? Yeah. Is it your birthday? I can't remember now. Can't remember it was something in this house, but I don't remember what it was for. I know everybody was here, but yeah, we had uh, we had two Bruce Willis's, I think. We had uh, two Run DMCs um, on the same night, and, and yourself as Timmy Mallet. This is it. Yeah, remember that Timmy Mallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm only getting dressed up like Paul said. Some players have been trying it recently and been masquerading as rugby players. <laughs> 
I'm going as a, as one of the Ghostbusters on the on Saturday. Dan Aykroyd. I think that's me. That's me plan. Uh, Parker takes takes a lot of doing. I can't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know where to get the gear from to do it these days. I'd have to make some up. Like Paul said, just go in an old Salford shirt and say I'm. You know, I don't know. I'm Ian Blaze. <laughs> Nobody would. So it wouldn't matter, would it? <laughs> That's it. It was all good fun. It was all good fun. I'm sure we're going to have more, more fun uh, this weekend. So let's uh, see what's on the show this week. We're going to look back at the Warrington defeat, look at the Catalan defeat, look at all the big news coming out of the club this week. And then we're, we're going to talk to Heather Robinson about the Physical Disability Rugby League Festival that's taking place in Warrington on Sunday. We're going to look at what's going on in the World of Rugby League with Paul. And then we're going to preview the game against Wigan on Sunday. So we'll start with a Warrington defeat on uh, Monday, Thursday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford suffered defeat on in the first game of Easter. They lost 32 points to 18 away at Warrington, Paul. Obviously, Warrington are a team that we're under pressure. Uh, unfortunately, we we didn't start well, and and that just kept, sort of made it worse, really, for us. Yeah, well, I thought at the start of the game we come out firing. So at the first couple of minutes, it looked like we were going to stamp our authority on the game, and, and and we didn't. I thought we we let Warrington get on the front foot. Really made made mistakes, and obviously the the CO and, and Briley incident allowing the ball to bounce. It was a, it was a decent kick, to be fair. It, between, I think we should have done better. The first, I think the first time that Toby King scored, he went through a, a huge gap there. There was a lot of disorganisation in our defence and I thought we was easy. We let Warrington in for some easy scores. Really wasn't as tight as what we should have been. And They sort of needed that leg up, didn't they? They needed that confidence boost. <clears throat> and as soon as they got it, they, they grew from that because they were on like five defeats on the spin. So they were desperate. And you can't, you can't allow them to, you know, they've got some good players. I don't think they're a mug team either, to be honest. They were on a bad run of form, but they was always going to click. So they had us at arm's length in that game for me. I think there was a there was a point in the second half, we got it back to 22-12 and we was hammering their line. We couldn't score. I think when we got over there, could have been a different story, but we showed a bit of character in the game. And I don't think it's a lack of effort for me. I think the players, are, no, I think, I think some of them are putting it in. Probably, probably I don't know, some of them aren't doing very well at all, but... We've just, I don't know, we just don't seem good enough at the moment and there's something missing. Um, too many mistakes, too many bad last tackle options. We we don't look like we can open teams up. Uh, but uh, when Paul Rowley spoke to us at weekend, he said about that stat that we score every nine play the balls, don't we? So it's one of the best, best stats in the league, which I find surprising. But I think for me, we're not spending enough time in our opposition's half. We're doing too much defending. When we get down there, yeah, we're great, but we're giving too much away. We're giving too much ball away and, and, and making too many mistakes. So, so yeah, it was it was a tough tough night at Warrington and a disappointing one, if I'm honest. Yeah, second most clinical team, <clears throat> Parker. That's what Paul Rowley said behind. Uh, I think it's St. Ellen's. So, mm. kind of shows that when we're in range, we're dangerous. It's just getting. To that, to that stage. Yeah, I, th- I think. It, it, but if you compared how many times we actually get within range, or 
you know, you say every every nine attacks or whatever it was. But if you compared it to how many times Saints are on somebody else's line, mm. you know, it, you can make stats do all sorts. You know, you can you can make them work your way. The the, the truth is, as far as I I can see, and it happened at Warrington, and you know, I know we'll talk about Catalan, but we look blunt in attack most of the time. You can say we seem to score, we seem to be potent, but the amount of ball we had. In that second half, in periods in that second half of Warrington, the pressure on their line, repeat sets, and and we just went side to side, side to side. Nobody made a break. Nobody took the line off. There was there was players being passed to who didn't either expect the ball or want the ball. Mm. Now either or is is unacceptable to be perfectly honest. But you know they, they were like panicking, just throw like like kids do when they just throw the ball because if it, it there was no plan. Now I know there's a lot of this. Let's play off the cuff. Let's do this. But we do need a plan. We need a process mm. how to build some pressure on a line. And if we don't score first time, let's go again. Let's get the repeat set and let's force it until we do get we we'll we'll do it in a second tackle, throw out a stupid pass, and we'll lose the ball. And then somehow Warrington, because Warrington weren't good. Believe me, Warrington were not good the other night. They get the ball, they give us straight back, and then we we do nothing with it again. And it's it was so frustrating. And like Paul said, at 22-12, we were in that game. We go over that line one more time. That The tide had turned. We, Like I said, our confidence was a bit shaky. You know, anything could have happened from that point. And we just couldn't do it. We weren't clinical and we didn't... We didn't. We weren't organised in any way. It was all just, you know, you have it, you have it, hot potato stuff. And you, you, you can't play like that. You're not going to win games. And then defensively... Some some of the defence was absolutely woeful. You know, simple one-on-one tackles. Players turning the back when they ta- they'll tackle somebody, they'll turn the back. I mean, one of the things you talk when you you know six and seven is turn and face. As soon as you tackle, run backwards, face them as you're going backwards, so you can see what's players turning the back. Amateur things, laziness in many ways, and and that's what gave Warrington the win. Warrington weren't. I mean, look at the scoreline. It looked probably, I don't know, I still think it probably flattered him in, in some ways. But Warrington weren't that good. And we were just, we just gifted them what they wanted. Silly penalties at silly times again. You know, and I, I, there were a couple of strange decisions, I will say that. But I'm not going to blame the referees for us losing games at the moment because we, we're doing enough of that ourselves. But it's just that thing in attack. When we've got the ball and you think, yes, let's do it. We can build this. Now we're 20 yards out. And then someone will just do something bizarre, like th- throw a ball to a player who doesn't want it or whatever. It needs organising. And maybe it is that we, we don't have enough ball and we don't know what to do in them circumstances and we do panic. But that's where your leaders come in to calm the play down. And and at the moment, I'm looking around that pitch and I'm not seeing any leaders. I think it's a fair point, Park. I think that's a, you know something that Paul Rowley will be looking at. Like I say, most weeks... Paul, you can't run the throttle. We're, we're down 18 points every game. Obviously, not include the Catalan. We scored scored first, but we still wrapped up three tries after it. And you, you're climbing a mountain, and players, you can't. You will climb the mountain the odd time, but you won't do it every week. No, I, I think we seem to switch off very easily, clock off, and other teams take advantage of it. Then, and you know, Paul Rowley might say, "Oh, we, we, we've done this." And, we were not concentrating. We need to practice on this. We're making mistakes. But how many times can you come out and say that? I mean, 
it's up to the players. I mean, the professional players, we, we talk about fitness and things like that. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it at the moment. I really can't. But you, you see, that, I mean, we talk about the Catalan game in a bit, but the amount of times we cough the ball up against Catalan, first and second tackles mistakes, <laughs> the scrum schmozzle what we'll speak about later, huh. getting caught by the shot clock, just disorganisation. And sometimes you look at me and you think, have they just met up before the game in a car park? And there's no sort of game plan. And yeah, it's like Parker said, you have it, you you do it. And there's always, to me, there's players waiting for somebody else to do the work. And you've got to do your job. You can't keep relying on X, Y and Z to do all the tackling. You've got to do it. You've got to do your bit. Otherwise, there's gaps. And and that's where, where, where things happen. And, you know... I read. I don't. I don't really go on social media a lot. I haven't been on much on the last few years. Where I post stuff and that's it. I don't trawl through it and look at stuff. But last few weeks I've been reading stuff and you see certain players get bagged off every week by supporters and it's the same players having a go at and you're thinking. I feel sorry for a couple of these. I won't mention the names, but some players are getting harsh treatment off support and you're thinking. Start backing the players a bit more because you can't keep using the same players as scapegoat. There's other players there who aren't, who aren't doing the business, and I think some players have been treated a bit harshly, really. And I'll name one: Briley's one of them. Ryan Briley cops it every week, and I think if you if you actually look at his the way he's playing, he's giving 100 percent and he's trying his heart out. That lad, and all right, yeah, he don't get things right all the time. I think he's only played at fullback 20 times in his career, so he's still learning. But there's other players there, there's senior players in that squad who've been around, played in big finals, and that. And I think they need to stand up and do a bit. I mean, Brody Croft's another one. The amount of tackling that lad has to do. And he's worn out. He's absolutely... And he's covering for other people that were not doing their job. And i tell you one player who came in on, on Monday, Callum Watkins, I thought he was excellent. We really missed him. And he stepped up. He's not played for blooming months. He come in there and he looked head and shoulders above half the, half the team. Mm. So there's other players, I think, who need to take responsibility and, and start stepping up. I know we're struggling at the moment. We've got... A, I mean, no one's really moaned about injuries, but we have. We're really struggling for injuries and that. You look at the squad that from from Thursday to to, to Monday, loads of changes again. People pulling up and picking up injuries, so we are we are struggling. I think there's there's more to it than just playing badly. There's a, there's a lot of mitigating factors and things that are conspiring against us at the moment. But I would like some of the players to start taking a bit of responsibility because people aren't doing the jobs. Yeah, I spoke to Ryan Briley in the pre-season against Swinton. He talked about going into that fullback role and learning parking. And obviously with, with Salford, we've had some good fullbacks in, in, in the past, Nia Levels and uh, Gaz O'Brien. And for me, Ryan Briley is kind of a mixture of both. He's a, he's, he's, he, he knows where he can hit a gap, he can go through a gap and he's on the shoulder of a, a runner that goes through. And he's also a pivot, which is important in the fullback. It gives the defensive line uh, something to think about. And I thought, and we're talking about the, the Warrington game right now, but the Catalan game in the first sort of 20 minutes, Brody Croft gave him gave the ball off the, gave the ball to him off a short ball, and he decided that he'd just take it in, and he sort of put his head through the line. And from then on, the Catalan defence didn't know whether he was going to pass or whether he was going to kick or whether he was going to run, and it gave him that bit of space because the defender had to check. And sometimes he doesn't, He's obviously he's not played fullback all his career, so he's learning there. But I just think moments like he might think to me, if I attack the line and make them check, then it gives it gives me opportunity to do more. Yeah, I think you know again, I'm not not here to single out players. I think I don't think there's any doubt about Ryan's attacking Browley. 
I think we all we've all seen it in his his career already. Um, I think defensively he makes mistakes and he does bad reads. But like you've just said there, there is an explanation in, in some way that he's never he's not played there. He yeah. doesn't know this level. You know, it's not a championship. You could probably get away with it. At this level, any mistake, you, you're going to get punished, no matter what it is, whether it's not being in position for a high kick or being slightly out when, when the, you know, someone breaks a line. At the end of the day, if they break the line, that's not his fault. You know, there's, there's 12 men in front of him to do that job. Um, you know, and he, he can get left exposed. I, I'm, not, I'm not wanting to single players out at all. And I, I, it, it's a collective. And if they don't all work, if only one part doesn't work, it all falls down and it, it doesn't matter who it is or where it comes from. I think, I, I don't want to criticise roles in many ways, but I think his use of, of Chris Atkin has been, uh, well, he's been massively underutilised. Uh, we've got Andy Akers doing big, big minutes. You know, he'll probably mention in a bit that he'll have done a lot of tackles again or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's got to get us on the front foot for every single move for for 60, 70 minutes of every game. And Chris Atkin comes on when the game's gone. Every single week when we're getting, we've got no chance. And he speeds the game up. You'll see it now straight away. The game gets quicker. We look more threatening. We have a period in a game every week, except for the, the Catalan game, which we'll come to, where we go, we're on top here. And it's generally while he's on the park. I don't know if you, you know, people notice that. But he's not getting used. And Andy Akers, he's been worn down and worn down until eventually, in, you know, in a month's time, he might have absolutely nothing left in the tank. Mm. So I think that's something Paul needs to look at as an as an ex-hooker and all, an, an excellent hooker as he was. He knows that role. He knows how hard it is. Um, and I'm sure Andy's putting his hand up every week saying, I'll do it. But, you know, it's just little things where you just take that bit of fatigue out of him. Give him an extra, you know, and let Chris Atkin have a go. He's a super talented player, I, 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 you know, and he's never let us down in the two, three years he's been with us. He's never let us down. He's been nothing but a, a top pro and he just gets his head down and gets on with it. And it's things like that, you know, there's other things we can do to try notice when players aren't perhaps, you know, at the at the 100% level and get them off the park. Because these players out there are running around just looking drained. Mm. Absolutely out of it. Was, again, the other day, Elijah Taylor. Absolutely, there was nothing left in the lad. He'd had a knock to the head that you could see. I don't know why he wasn't taken off as a head injury. And he stood on the touchline, and he was he was basically rocking from side to side. He was gone, and we'd left him on. And you think that's not going to help the team? You know, it's just little things we've got to look at. And it so rather than us, you know, as fans maybe picking out individuals every week, it's a collective that's the problem. Mm. And right the way through from. From coach, you know, to to you know, whoever's taking the water on at the right time, whatever it is. So we we can you can pick out mistakes that players make. Nobody ever mentions, or very rarely, you know, Kenny Seo, absolutely probably the best player we've got. I'm not even going to doubt that. But how many times did he come in off the wing and leave us uh, the wing exposed? Mm-hmm. That's not your man. That centre's not your man. That winger's your man. You you focus on him. If your centre's not done his job, he's getting the blame. You can't cover every time. And you watch how many tries go round that side. We don't pick on that because we know Kenny Seal's going to score tries. Mm. But it's another one of those little things that, you know, certain players get away with it and certain players don't. And it, But it's the whole team and the whole, the whole club 
with, that, that suffers. And uh, you've got to look at it from top to bottom. Yeah, positives. Ken Seo scored top try scorer with 12. Paul uh, Ryan Bryle is uh, in the top 10 assists in Super League. So I suppose you will, you'll get moments, but then they'll create moments, won't they, Paul, as well? So I spoke to Paul Rowley after the game at Warrington. This is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Come back from 16 nil down. Sometimes you can do it. Well, you can't do it all the time, can you? Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, again, I thought, yeah, like obviously Bria they got getting Simbin hurt us a little bit because Kenny Seo was at a position for the try just on half time. If we'd have gone in at 12, I think it would have been a remarkable scoreline to, you know, with the. Um, amount of territory in possession so uh, I think in the first nine minutes there was a back to six a penalty and two errors from us well that's not Super League standard is it so uh, they're the, the quite glaringly obvious problems um, that we keep shooting ourselves in the foot with um, and so obviously if we can uh, f- fix them up then uh, we'll go a long way to to uh, you know putting in a performance and getting some wins because like I said um we're we're uh, we're more than good when we get the ball in good ball. We're, we're outstanding uh, with some of the the tries and skills that we show, but we don't get down there near enough, nowhere near enough, um, you know, to to mount any significant pressure and put any any of our opposition teams under enough fatigue that we'll uh, you know we'll go on and and kick on to a healthy victory. So it's uh, you know we're again repetitive, but. Uh, the, the the problem last week is the problem this week, and and, and so we, until we fix it, then uh, we'll get what we deserve. How do you fix it? Well, I, I think I said it before. I think some of it sometimes is, um, you know, personnel. Sometimes uh, we've lost a lot of experience from the club, um, but uh, you know, we through practice and and acknowledgement, really, it's the, I, I think it's uh, I think that one's down to the players too. To uh, bring the energy in defence and and uh, be more resilient and uh, yeah, there's only so much we we can do other than try and pull the boots out myself and I don't think that'd be a, much of a benefit to anybody. It's a tough tough game today. What sort of positives can you take from it? Um, yeah, again the, the the fact that we can score points um, without without building pressure. So against good good defences who have got a lot of energy. So. Again, uh, given the opportunities to to uh, test ourselves against a team that built pressure and fatigue, then, like I say, it's, it's quite an, an exciting prospect, but we need to defend. So that was me talking to Paul Rowley after the game, Paul, and I asked him how he's, how he's going to fix it. Uh, and he, he, he said it's, it's all about personnel, practice and, and players turning it around. Yeah, I think I think Paul Roll, I mean, he said the same thing to the pair. It was only a few times this season about getting players in and things like that. Yeah, of course he would. I think he'd love a, a couple of new recruits because we are light. We're really light in the pack. And, you know, I noticed that when I saw the team sheet for Monday. And you look and you think, bloody hell, we've, we've hardly got any forwards. We had two backs on the bench, didn't we? I mean, one of them, Callum Watkins, I mean, he deserved his dominoes after the game. We stuck him in second row, didn't we? I think he... Mm. He worked his blooming socks off, so uh, so yeah, uh, it's it's tough at the moment. We we doing it tough, and I'm not one that likes it. I mean, you you two are the same. We don't 
we've not got it in our mindset to moan about injuries because we're not like that. I don't think we're like that as a club. But you, you look at the players who are out at the moment. Levette's been out nearly all season. They were like a new player. Joe Burgess seems to play a game, then he misses a game. He's had niggly injuries, hasn't he? You've got Shane Wright out. You've got um, James Green was out for the season. Ryan Lannan was missing. So you, another back row was out. Uh, Gerard didn't play the league against Catalan. So it, it must be difficult for Paul Roller because he never seems to have a settled 13. And just going back to what you said about Elijah Taylor, saw him come out of the change rooms on Monday after the match against Catalan. And the poor lad could hardly walk. He could hardly walk. He, he must have chucked his clothes on him. His suit was hanging. He looked like a schoolboy with his suit on. His, one, half, one of his socks was up. His pants were hanging off him. And the lad could hardly walk. He's carting his bag out. And I thought, you know what? That lad runs his blood to water every week. And we were only talking last week about people slagging him off, saying, what does he bring to the team? And he's like, the work that he does, it's, it's outstanding. So the, let's look at it a positive. There's some lads who are putting some massive shifts in and some players who were, who were giving it their all. It's just collectively. I think we're not working as a team at the moment um, for one reason or another. I think Ryan Briley, and I spoke to him after the game against Catalan, he made a point of, are we trying too hard at the moment? And yeah, there's probably legs in that. I think sometimes you can do, you can you get frustrated, don't you? You try and score every time you've got the ball and you, you go low on confidence, don't you? And it's hard to get that confidence back because you end up being in a rut and you're losing every week and you start thinking, God, what are we going to do? We can't afford to lose today. We lost last week. And that puts more and more pressure on yourself. So perhaps we're in that at the moment. It's it's difficult. It's difficult to try and work out what's going wrong. It really is. Yeah. Uh, just look at the stats uh, for the Warrington game. Top tacklers, Gerard with 29. Brody Croft with 15, Andy Ackers 33, Eliza Taylor 28, King Bunny Ayawa 34, Ryan Lannan 27, Jack Armand Roy 33, and Jack Wells 30 parking. So, yeah, for, you know, making forwards, you know, busy making tackles there, but like I say, Warrington had a lot of pressure, didn't they? Yeah, um, did they, I mean, Croft there, what did you say he did? Rory Croft, 15. You know, and a half back. You know, don't half back doing five, never mind. <laughs> But they, they got you get targeted. Um, yeah, I thought I will say I thought uh, Alex Gerrard was probably our best player the other night at Warrington. I thought he played really well, and we missed him uh, again on, on Monday. I mean, Paul was you know reeling off names there of players that didn't play. I mean, uh, Wells didn't play on Monday. Yeah, uh, Lafay didn't play on Monday. You know, yeah. I mean, these are these are key key players in our squad that, like you say, we don't we've not really mentioned injuries, but it's. They're there, and you know, is a is a massive problem with, drag, with the squad we've got. Um, but going back to, to to Friday, I think we we did we did do a lot of tackling, but it were phases in that second half where we didn't. You know, Warrington had to do all the tackling mm. uh, for a good, you know, I'd say a good twenty minutes for that second half easily. Um, we put them under a lot of pressure, uh, and 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 to be fair to Warrington, they they, they handled it pretty well. Um, but yeah, again, big. You know, Big King, another man that's he, every week he's, he's, you know, he's trying to pull his tripe out and what 30 odd tackles in the middle of the park for a big man. I know. And at, at Warrington um, that night, we ended up, I think, Akawala ended up on the wing. Mm. Burgess went off and we had no play. I mean, it's, you know, talking about mix and match, um, but we, we just had no, we'd run out of bodies. Someone had to go on the wing, so we stuck him out there. He's, it was it was a hard game to to sort of get through, which didn't help us for Monday. Um, a lot of work done by a lot of players there, and then to back it up again, 
deceased. It probably, you know, an incredible effort, really. Yeah, Tim Laffey didn't make uh, Catalan. I think he's hurt his hand. Paul Raleigh was talking. I think he's out five weeks out. So that's probably why they brought uh, Costello back in and, and various other players. So that's a, another long-term injury we have to we have to deal with. Talking about the matey makers, Paul uh, Ryan Briley, hundred and twenty-five. Ken C O hundred and one. Lafay hundred and eleven. Andy Acker's eighty. Jack Armanroyd ninety-seven. And Jack Will seventy-seven. Yeah, like you say, getting up towards hundred, you're you're okay. Um, but yeah, it was a tough, tough old game Friday. Yeah, it was. It was, not it? Just to make the point we made before about stats like that, that one that Paul Rowley reamed off about the the nine play of the balls and that. I must admit, I'm not really a stats person. I think the only stat that's important is the league table. You can you can read all these sort of stats, and yeah, they, I don't know. You can dress them up as much as you want, can't you? And, it's winning matches, isn't it? I mean, remember Sean McCray used to say one, didn't he? What did he used to say? The half-time score is irrelevant, I think he used to say, and, and things like that. And it, I don't know. There's, at the moment, we, we're struggling, aren't we? And like you said, they just reamed off those players that missed Mr. Friday. And I'd forgotten about Lafayette and I'd forgotten about Burge. Well, he picked up a knock, didn't he, as well? And uh, just one more thing before we move on. What was Ryan, Ryan Briley Sinbin for? Holding down. On Friday. Was it holding down? Because I know Burgess came across and did the cover tackle. But was it was it holding down that? Yeah. Right, right, with it. Because I, I, I didn't know on the night. I thought it was a really harsh call, I must admit. And then I know Burgess got chopped eye, didn't he? And the Warrington man didn't get Simbin, which I thought was a bit of a bit of an harsh call. And I mean I'm not blaming referees and that, but it does things conspire against you. Injuries, lack of form, iffy penalties. Decisions like that, and yeah, it's we're in a bit of a rut at the moment. I think we've got to uh, fight our way out of it. Tough times make tough characters, makes tough teams, Parker. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as a Salford fan, we should be the toughest, then, shouldn't we? <laughs> uh, it happen all the time. You no, know, Paul's mentioned there that that, that that tackle on Burgess, it was right in front of us, and how the referee's clearly he must have seen it or somebody's seen it to give the penalty in the first place. He's seen that he's hit him, he's in the air, but it wasn't just that, it was how he hit him. He made no attempt to actually make a tackle on him. He was he was sort of elbows up and everything. It was it was bizarre. Yeah. And the referee just decides it's just a penalty. And he, things like that can turn games. Ten minutes in the bin for their player, or a red card as as it, you know, I think it could have been. They do change things, and we we just don't seem to get them. We don't we don't get them breaks. I'm not completely blaming referees. I don't think Jack Smith is a great referee. By the way, we had on Thursday night. I don't think he's a good referee. But then Monday, we can't blame the referee. People around me were were constantly every two minutes giving it the referee, and I'm like, you must be watching a different game because. You know, yes, they make mistakes. Referees will make mistakes. That you. It's a, it's a fairly tough job, and I'll, I'll be the first to have a go at one when I think he's, you know, completely useless. But again, Monday, that the referee didn't lose us that game, and the referee Thursday night, despite having a poor game, didn't lose us that game. We lost that ourselves. Yeah. Big thanks for three with match reports, man of the matches. KDL defence wins games. Croft, Gary Williams, stop running sideways. Gerard, Stuart Smart needs investment hackers. Arthur, Arthur Bollard, stupid errors cost. Gerard, Martin, again, longer studs, Brody. I said, we'll turn King V. 
Heather Robinson need new forwards, Gerard. Matt Carr, we go again, Gerard. Colin Wilson, not Rufus Nuffcroft. You said desperately need forwards, Gerard Parkett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, it's simple. We, uh, we, this, this side I think we're doing the attack. Mm. Um, maybe a, a consequence of the fact that we haven't got anybody who's going to go forward anyway. Mm. So we've got to try and find, you know, gaps out wide or whatever. But we definitely, I mean, we know, you know, I'm, I'm not being very clear here. I think everybody knows from the start of the season that we didn't have enough props or big enough. That's not changed. Then we've lost sort of three back rowers or whatever. You know, obviously it's, it's trouble because it, it's investment that's needed. Mm. You know, and then if you've got the money, can you get the players that, Required of a of a you know of a level of a standard, or are you just filling shirts with with average players? It's, there's there's a no win at the moment, and the the players probably aren't available. The money's probably not fully available, or not at the level that we'd like. So we we've just got to deal with this this mini crisis we've got in terms of numbers. Um, but we do we need we desperately desperately need forwards or getting forwards back, and the likes of getting someone like Levette back would be. Would be a massive boost, but again, we don't know how far off he is, and we we just you know we're in limbo at the moment, and we've just got to deal with it. You know the, the cards that we've got. Yeah, looking at the Catalan uh, defeat now, Paul started well. <coughs> uh, Dion Cross uh, with with the with the early score for us, but like you said, Bank Holiday Monday, two games in four days or whatever against a massive Catalan pack who got a roll on. You know we dug in, but it was tough. Yeah, no, no, Catalan played though, didn't they? They played two games as well, so mm. I don't think we can use that issue. Just before I move on to the Catalans, I just wanted to mention one more thing about the Warrington game. Sorry to think for going back. I know I'm holding you up, but um, <laughs> I know and I don't like slagging referees off, and I'm not gonna do. But Parky said he done, you know, about Jack Smith not being the best referee. I tell you one thing that really, really brassed me off. Why did he sim in a Warrington play with nine seconds to go? To me, that is absolutely pointless. In, I just didn't see it. it. Just, I just thought, what a plonker. You know, what's the point? But you no, know, move on to Catalan. I just thought I'd mention that because it really yeah. riled me. Because um, yeah. when he could have simbined Matout here for a stupid hit on Joe Burgess, he decides to even things up and simbin him with nine seconds left, which I thought was ridiculous. But there we go. Yeah, um, Catalans. Do you know what? When I watched the game, I was watching the game uh, Monday, they didn't look like a side that was second top to me in the table. Mm. I, I didn't think they looked like a St. Helens, but they did play like an Australian team. They they didn't make a lot of mistakes. They ground us down. They played the sets out. They played a basic but effective style of rugby, really, Catalans, and took the chances. I mean, you've got two good halfbacks in Mitchell Pearce and, and, and Josh Drinkwater and a, and a massive pack of forwards as well who, who we, we, we struggled to contain. But early doors in the game, I, I thought we was well in the match. You know, uh, we, we had a good chance in there. But again, mistakes. I mean, I don't know what the completion rate was in the second half, but we made so many errors, particularly early in the tackle count as well. We were getting the ball back. I think it was a couple of times we got a penalty. You're dropping the ball on tackle one, tackle two. It's just throwing the initiative straight back to Catalans. And yeah, I, I didn't want to steal Parky's thunder, so I'll, I'll lead into that scrum now <laughs> where the shot clock beat us. I'll let him talk about that because... That was a, a strange one. It was that. I've never seen that before. And over to you, back. <laughs> well, firstly, are we the first team you've ever seen that happen to? <laughs> yeah. Right? Now, 
People around me were complaining that the that, that Catalan had kicked the ball away or done whatever they'd done. So what? So what? If the referee's not seeing it and he's not giving it, go and grab that ball. Get the ball off a of, off of ball boy. It's your job. We're losing. We're behind. It's your job to get the ball and get the ball fed. Show some urgency and show the fact that you do care and you do want to win that game. Don't be complaining because somebody's kicked the ball away. Just go and get the ball. Go quick, sprint, get it, grab one, do whatever you need to do. Get the ball in the scrum. That is pathetic. You've got 30-odd seconds or whatever it is to get that done. That's not that's just amateur. That's that's not acceptable. And I don't I don't care what fans are saying about, oh, it's the referee's fault. It's not the referee's fault. He's got to play to that 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 clock that's on that, that was ticking away in four stands in that ground that you can see. The hooter goes off in the main stand. It's nothing to do with the referee. You go and get that ball, you form the scrum, you get it fed. Simple. That is pathetic. What happens? What tackle later, two tackles later, they're over in the corner. Kills the game, that. That, that, was, that, that was the one thing that, that destroyed that game. We were in it. And, and we'd just come up with this massive hit, the best hit of the game. Not the ball that was hands. Everybody's up. Everyone's thinking we're back in this. And then, then you do you switch off and do that. No, get the ball. Get the ball in the scrum. You're not, you're not playing for time. We're not in the lead. Don't, you, you know how long you've got. Get it. Get it done. Simple. And if, if you're not happy, straight away have a word with the ref. But make him away. You know what I mean? We didn't do anything. We just ambled around, trying to form a scrum, trying to get people in. You, if you're a forward, you're in that scrum. Get on with it. I just, I didn't get it. And it, it just wound me up completely that, that people are too easy to jump on the referee for that. And that's our fault. That's amateur because no other team, I've never seen another team do it. Mm. So why why us? Why do we manage it? I don't know. Just, it, it, and, and again, like Paul said about, it's the little things that we don't do well. The basics. The drop balls on the first tackle. The one just in front of our line. Was it Was it Dion Cross that drops it? Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, come on. First tackle, just, you've just got to catch your ball. That's all you've got to do. Even if you don't go anywhere, get your hands on the ball. Don't switch off and look at something else. Or do something. Things like that. They, they, they score again off that. Gosh, you, the game. You can't win games while you're doing that. Simple little things, and I've said it for weeks about our passing to hand. How many times it goes to the ground? We can't pass from one man to another. Basics. I'm not asking to watch, you know, Melbourne Storm every week. But, you know, Folly Lane under 12s can do this. So let's let's just get some balance. And that, I mean, that scrum just typified everything that's going on at the moment on, on the for me at Salford. Um, there's too many people... Just they're not switched on. They're not ready. They're not up for it. I think he's nailed it there, uh, Paul. I think it's it's a little things in it, and it's like death by a thousand cuts in it, in a way. Yeah. Um, just going back to that second half at the start there, I think we made two mistakes early doors. I'm sure we knocked on about the third tackle, first sort of twenty seconds, because I remember Paul Rowley said he was walking up the gantry with Kurt Agatha, and we'd knocked on. Yeah. And then Dion Cross had done that mistake. So you're trailing and you come out and, and you bang behind the eight ball again. And I'm going to say something harsh here now, and I don't care if people disagree with me, but right, we're talking about these mistakes every week. We're talking about these lacks of concentrations. It's like a record every week, a repeating record. And do you know what? If you keep making these mistakes every week, 
come three or four or five games to go, we're going to be in a relegation battle. And we saw that keep saying, oh, there's loads of games left yet. There's loads of games. Those games will run out. You know how many games we've played now? Soon we'll be halfway through a season. Leeds are, what, three points behind us. If Toulouse win a match, Leeds play Toulouse this weekend. So one of them's going to win. And eventually we're going to be down amongst the dead men. So you've got to start. You've got to switch. And you can't keep saying every week, well, next week we'll be better. Next week we'll be better. Because you're going to run out. We're going to get dragged into that dogfight. And I, I don't want to talk about relegation and stuff like that. But I'm looking at the team now and I'm looking at the next two games and I'm thinking, we're going to get stuffed off Wigan and we're going to get stuffed off St. Helens because we can't defend. We can't keep teams out. So I don't want to talk that because I'm ever the optimist. I really am. And I'll probably end up backing us to beat Wigan on, on Friday. But I don't know. I'm starting to get a little bit worried now. And... Not, not just because it, I think we've got a good side on paper, you know, if we can get that team out. But the way things are at the moment with injuries, and I'm not blaming it on that, but we just don't look like we've got wins in us at the moment. I don't know what it is. We just leave lacking confidence and these making mistakes. And we just seem to make real hard work for ourselves. In that Warrington game, that Catalan game, I'm pretty confident we could have won at Warrington. And I'm looking at Catalan, no disrespect to them. I don't think they were awesome on Monday. I don't think they got our second gear. And and they beat us very comfortably. They always had us at arm's length. And that's the worrying thing. We, again, this is going to sound really harsh. I thought we looked like a championship side on Monday. It looked like a Challenge Cup game. Championship side playing a Super League team. And they just, oh, we'll just keep them at arm's length. Keep, keep them off. And they did. And that really hurts to, to say that. I mean, I don't, I don't like slagging them off. But yeah, we're, um, we're off the pace at the moment. We really are. Yeah, you spoke to Paul Rowley after the Catalan defeat, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Right, Paul Rowley joins me. It's been a tough Easter, Paul. Mm. Another defeat today. How do you sort yeah. of size that one up today? Um, as I just said, impressed. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot of good things in the first half, mainly completions, which we spoke about in an Easter period where fatigue's a big part to play that you want to keep hold of the ball, don't you? So um, we did that. Um, I think we dropped one ball in the first half, so we're 100% out of yardage, uh, something like 92 or something like that, in good ball. Um, and then second half comes, they're a man down. You know, you want to complete, obviously, and, and by the time we get up to the the gantry, myself and Kurt, uh, we've, I think we've dropped the ball, two restarts in the penalty. Uh, and, and then in the time that the back row Cham was off, I think we had three play the balls in that period. So, um, again, the press is always tough after at, at this moment in time. Uh, but talks to the players is, is harder because I know that the effort they put in through the weekend at the weekend. So, um, but, uh, you know, whilst they do that, the one thing that one thing that uh, isn't being applied is, uh, is, is is learning. So we don't we're not learning lessons, and uh, the the lessons are quite obvious, and the lessons are repetitive. So it's a lot of this stuff, and, and what I'm saying to you guys is repetitive. And I guess you'll get people who say, "Oh, same old, same old, uh, same old lines tell us something different." But I'm not telling you something different. If there's nothing else to say, it's the same story. I'm with you, uh, but it's important that. Obviously, Wigan and Saints are in the corner, um, so it don't get any easier. It get, in fact, it gets a lot tougher. So uh, the one thing we won't do is is crack as a group. We'll stay tight, um, uh, and, and you know we'll, we'll we won't dwell, but hopefully we'll learn. 
um, as a group and we'll stay as a group and uh, you know we're, we're in it together so there's not there'll be no there'll be no heads down uh, come tomorrow so we'll go home and, and kick ourselves a bit but um, yeah that'll that'll move past because it's what so it's about what's next you had to make a few changes today well, you did make a few changes were they forced changes or were they they just how you wanted to change the side yeah. around that was that was that with a short turnaround a couple of um choice decisions in the middle um but uh, some forced ones as well tim lafay forced alex jared forced um so i didn't want to bring callum in today um, however, he put his hand up for a play. He did all right as well. Then he got man of the match well, award from it, the, and the he deserved it. it yeah. and, and so, if you ask me for any positives, then Callum's a positive because uh, he's, he's a you know a massive pat on the back for his effort uh, two days in, in three days there. Um, but yeah, so that's you know um, Callum's the positive, yeah, hundred percent, and he come for it well. So Ryan Briley, another positive, I thought, created two tries and it never really stops working. Well, we score tries. I, again, I, I, I try and come up with some different lines, but it's, it's the same old story. I thought we, the, the, the two tries we scored today were two of the best ones. Really yeah. creative play. But that's the point. We, we, we score really uh, well-worked tries, and we score every every nine play the balls in good ball. I've said this stuff before. Mm-hmm. Your best teams score from around 11 to 15, 16, the top teams. So mm-hmm. we're, we're like we're very, very clinical. Uh, important in their end of the field but we don't spend nowhere near enough long there which suggests that obviously we're not resilient enough defence uh, after errors it mainly comes that we just crumble for example the uh, the scrum penalty where to be fair it was a, a, a crap call did you think the cat I, I mean I'm watching that as a supporter I thought the Catalan well, it was, kicked it I, away I, I watched, so, it was know. but I'm it's a tough the, one to take. The, the point I'm making is that we're not resilient enough after, yeah. after whether it be a bad decision or an error from ourselves. On that occasion, it were a bad decision, but but it's no doesn't give us a right to concede a try. So uh, that's on us, 100% on us, and and that's that is the moral of the story. Like it's you know an error or a mistake, close ranks, and uh, you hold on longer. But uh, you know talk about arm wrestle a lot in rugby league, but we we we're, we're not we're not resilient enough to handle arm wrestles at the minute and, and quite often it's because we shoot ourselves in the foot with a, a dumb arrow a lot of the time after easter they always tend to say that it's that game after the easter that's the hardest one <laughs> you've got to go to wigan now yeah so is anybody going to be like sort of coming back give you a bit of change things around we have more bodies back next week because it's going to be another tough week this same again mate 21 fit players so uh as i said to press in there play, played in the side under tony smith that had you know he's he's gone his fifth 500th game this this week. Everyone lords him as one of the best. We lost 13 in a bounce there with Huddersfield, um, and and it weren't Tony that magic magic took win. It were uh, three new recruits, all experienced players. Uh, but that that's that's a club with resource, which we don't have that luxury. So we're gonna our strength will be our character from within our group, and we'll stick together and and, and uh, keep swinging. You know, not give up. But you know we keep scoring them points, so we've got something about us that's pretty special, actually. Um, but we've got to learn our lessons and uh, in, in, in and try not to shoot ourselves in the foot like by making dumb errors or you know or giving in after after a little bit of adversity. So, Thanks very much for speaking to us today, Paul. Yeah, keep welcome. your chin up. See you no next worries. week, mate. Thank you. So that was Paul Rowley talking to yourself, Paul, after the defeat. 
against Catalan. And yeah, obviously it's been a long Easter and he's he's down to the sort of the bare bones. Uh, but he says there were positives. Yeah, I think you're you're always going to say say that, aren't you, as the coach? And I admire Paul for that. You're going to come out fighting, and I wouldn't expect a coach to come out and say no, it was terrible. It, it, well, I, I, sometimes I'd like him to say that, but I suppose he's not going to say he, he's got to back his players, hasn't he? He's not going to come out and say oh, he was crap, he was rubbish. I, I don't rate him because that's not going to do any good at all, is it? So yeah, I mean. I saw a few positives in that game. I thought, as I said before, Callum Watkins, I thought, after such a long layoff of injury, to come back without playing any 18 games and play as well as he did and look as fit and sharp as he did, playing in a position he's not really familiar with, I thought that was a big boost for us because he, he's a good player. Um, and there's one or two others who, who, who shone as well, but you'll always get that in a game. I mean, we don't want to be talking about, we want to be talking about a victory, don't we? And, and not just sort of, we're feeding on scraps at the moment, aren't we? And trying to clutch at straws a bit. So, oh yeah, he, he did all right, but you know that, that that's not really good enough. So, um, so yeah. But, but I think Paul Roll is down at the moment, and um, he's got to try and lift the players, hasn't he? And do the best he can. I mean, he's a, he's a fiery sort of character, and, and, you, and you trust him, don't you? And again. Social media, like I saw people saying sack Paul Roller at the weekend, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute, you know, when we had Watto in charge, it's a lot of time to, to build things. I mean, the first few seasons, I mean, if you go back to 2018, we were absolutely garbage, and then a year after, we, we got to a grand final. So, again, supporters can press the panic button really easily, can't they? I think now's the time to get behind the team and get behind the coach, I think. Yeah, positives, Matt Costello back. Looked okay. Callum Watkins back in the come back playing second row. I thought was that was a good sign. But Paul, like you said, you spoke to him at, at weekend, and I've spoke to him a couple of times. And for me, he, he's looking for investment in this squad, Parker. And obviously, we've only had four home games so far this season. Two of them against French teams, one on TV and one on a Friday night. So I imagine the purse, the 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 money tin isn't overflowing. So he, he kind of mentioned it and kind of says that, you know, he, he doesn't feel like he can go into the, the chairman's office and say, can I have some juice to buy some players, please? Because we might not have it. Yeah, but on with that, with the, the actual, um, the, the fixtures, I mean, we've been, we've been yeah. really, haven't we? Really punished. The, the thing is as well, I think you get additional funds when you're at home on Sky, don't you? We've been on once in, in total. Once we had one game on that premiere, didn't we? With in the cup away at Wigan, we're on this week away at Wigan on Channel Four. We're getting nothing. Leeds have been on what seven or eight times, mm. and every time they get added funds to a club, which is overflowing money in the first place. There's no leveling up. We yeah, I feel for Paul King. He must pull his hair out every week. He must look at the you know the the balance sheet going well. We got out. We've had one home game in, in how long? Mm. We've got two more away games coming up. I forgot what my season ticket looked like. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got it the other day. I was thinking, what do we do with this? Now I can't. It's been, it's been that long. We, we get, again, we, we get no favours off anyone. I know the, the Wigan Cup game was, it is a cup game. You get drawn where you get drawn. And I'm sure we might get a slice of whatever pittance came out of that game. But it, we, we, we have got, you know, problems. And Paul. He is obviously you can hear in his voice and what he's saying that he wants investment. He 
But is it there? And if it is, are the players there? Like we say, we, do, we just don't. We we don't know. We're not we're not kind of blessed with that. And at the moment, he must be really frustrated because he could probably see and has seen in pre-season. He's looked around his squad and gone, yeah, I could do with a couple of players. But actually, what I've got here is easily good enough to get us to a decent position in this Super League this year. Mm. And then as you know, weeks have gone on, more injuries and players, you know, whatever, a bit of loss of form, a few injuries. He must bang his head against the wall. You know, he goes in training, looks around and probably thinks on a Monday morning, looking at his squad, going, who have I got left? Mm. You know, what body's going to drag out for for this week? And it's it, it's going to be like that. He's, he's generally always been like that, Salford, hasn't it? I mean, you know, we, we've never we've had that one period where we had a bit of money which just got wasted. But um, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, the thing going back to the Catalan game as well, and Paul said it, and I wrote it down here in my notes that they never got out of second gear. Now, if they had, I think we could have been severely punished because the gap between the two teams is massive, really. Mm. Um, you think they had a lot of key players missing. I know we did, but they had, you know, even just like Gil Dudson, Tompkins, Sam Tompkins wasn't there. You know, people like that. You, you think, wow, I mean, how much would we give for a, for a Gil Dudson in our pack? Mm. They they lost him and didn't look like they needed him. You know, the, the gap is huge between the two. And we know at the end of the season, we're not going to be competing with Saints and Catalan and probably Wigan. So it's when it comes down to these next set of fixtures after we've got these out of the way now, when we get the Wakefields again, you know, we've got, we're going to have to lose away. That that could be massive. You know what I mean? The games like that, whole KR, and the, they're the games now we've really got to focus and try and get bodies back for. And you think we need to just get these next two games for me. And it's not the way we should look at it. And no player ever should. But just get them out of the way. Just try and come through them unscathed. Yeah, obviously... Paul King, really good businessman. Paul, he's got the club at heart. He knows his way around the balance sheet. For me, it's it's a really big decision because obviously Paul Rowley uh, has, has come out in the press and, and sort of talked about sort of the investment he did and, and not being able to, to do it. And he has to go with what he's got. So, it's, decisions are give him some juice now and let him go and sort of buy the players. And when we haven't really got the resources at the moment to do it and pay it back later, wait till the RFL sort of give us some money because they are super league because they pay it in installments throughout the year. Or obviously, and that's, that's really kind of the only two options he's got with Paul Rowley, really. Yeah. And you say that as well. I mean, just, just parking the money to one side for a minute, where the player's going to come from, because if you're a player at the moment, you you you're tied up to a, to a club, and if you're a Super League club with any nous, you're not really going to lend a player or loan a player to a rival Super League club. Uh, the only players I would say you were going to get is people perhaps who are unattached, but I can't see there being many of them about. Everyone's got a club, or unless you get somebody from overseas in Australia. So then you're looking at visas and work permits and have you already have we already filled the quota? So it's not as easy as that. I don't think it's easy just to, just to recruit somebody. Um, say you're trying to get someone from a Super League club. Now, they, they're not, I don't think people are going to loan you out because they're not going to... Well, I mean, it's not like us loaning Eskery to Wakefield. I mean, helping them out. It was a crazy decision. But if financially we had to do that, then you can you can see why. But because um, you look at the amount of players we've loaned out so far this season, 
is there something behind that? Do we have to do that because we need a bit of money? I don't know. I'm not the person to answer that question. But uh, Paul Rowley, yeah, of course he's going to want some players, but it's difficult. We all know Paul King, you said days, he's a good businessman and all that. I don't think Paul would mind me saying he's not a millionaire, though. No. Um, I don't know how much money Paul King's got, but a lovely fellow, but I don't think he's awash with money. I don't think he's he can like sort of say to Salford, here's a load of money, you spend it on players, because I don't think he has that sort of involvement at Salford. So does a great job, but has not got piles of money to pump in. So it's it, it's a difficult situation to where, where you get players from where you strengthen your squad. And like we said before, let's just hope Harvey Levette and, and, and Callum's back in the team now. Let's hope Harvey Levette's not too far behind. And He'll be like a new player once you get him in. He's a really good player, so he's somebody that, we, that we, we, we've missed. But um, but no, I, I don't see us signing any more players. I'd, I'd love it if we did do, but I think it's going to be difficult to bring people in with the resources that we've got. It's going to be a, a tough run, Parky. Looking at the, got Wigan away, Saints away, and then for me, Leeds at home, Castleford at home, and I think it's Wigan at home. They're the three fixtures that will shape our season. If we can get bodies back or bodies in before them three games, you know, that, that could be the big moment. Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, Leeds today have announced their new coach, haven't they? So they'll probably get a little bit of a bounce out of that, a change of training, training, you know, players, whatever, um, will perk them up. Um, that That's not going to be easy. Cash. They're a bit up and down, aren't they? You, can't, you don't know what you really get from them at the moment. But it being a home game, we've got it. They're, they're the games we've got to target. We've really got to win as many home games as we possibly can. Um, I'm trying to pick up the odd, the odd away win. But I think, I think, don't want to panic. But you know, we, we could be in trouble. And I see to lose today. I've gone out and signed Corey Norman from Australia, and a player who he's, you know, a bit. He's sort of unattached now, but he has been. And should have been a really great player, and will be in Super League. I think he's he's a great signing for him, and a massive improvement on what they've already got. We can't do that. We can't go and do that. We're not going to go and get a Corey Norman from Australia. I don't think you know that's not going to happen. That's not the boost we're going to get. And if they can do that, and, and maybe because they lost a few players earlier in the season, they've got money to spare. Mm. As the season goes on, they might be able to add to that. Whereas. We, we're not. We're probably not going to have the option, and it is a worry. So we do need, as much as I said, you know, the next two games, just get them out of the way. Realistically, they're still vital. You know, it, it, anything from any game at the moment just to pull us away. Because, like Paul said, there. I mean, this week is a is a massive game for Leeds and to lose. Well, I, I would expect Leeds to win, which you know obviously makes it even more difficult for us. Um, but if Toulouse could pull something off, I mean, that bottom of that table is, is so tight, you know. So it is a crunch time, the next the next sort of month, getting through that period, because we, we don't want to be, you know, within touching distance of them by, you know, last five, six games of the season. Because, again, injuries and anything can happen, a bad refereeing decision. We need to get ourselves, not we won't be safe for a long time, but at least in a position where we can feel a little bit more comfortable and have a, a, just a little bit of a, you know, a bit of room to, to move. But um, it's, it's going to get close, isn't it? It is going to get close. You're right, Parker. We spoke to Ryan Briley, Andy Ackers and Chris Atkin uh, after the game is what they had to say. 
gentlemen, the detail. I've just been joined by Ryan Briley. You've had a, a tough Easter today, two defeats. What do you make of it today? Yeah, um, disappointing. Also, I think we're just killing ourselves a little bit. Um, I know it's probably don't, the score lines don't suggest we are, but I think we're trying really hard. Um, just being really dumb. Um, errors, penalties, and just not giving ourselves a chance. So um, I think also we. We went into half time in good shape. Um, really felt felt really confident. I think we got a poor call from the ref, if I'm honest. Um, the, the the scrum where where they have the ball and, and we get penalised for not having the ball. But I don't understand how we can have, we can have the ball when they've got it at the scrum. That, you're saying that's a poor roll. It looked like yeah. they they kicked the ball away, so that allowed that shot clock to go down. I think that's the first time I've seen that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get it. Um, yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate call, but. Um, I, I, listen, I don't think that had a, had a bear on the game. I just think it's a, a rough call at a rough time. That, that, that's what uh, I will say. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll defend obviously my team to, to the help. I think we was getting some momentum in the game and, and finally starting to turn. Um, but regardless, we went into half time in really good shape. Um, and I think the first 10 minutes of the second half was um, an absolute abolishment. A penalty, an error, a drop ball, a try. Uh, whilst they've got 12 men, it, it's unforgivable at this level and you're going to get hurt by the by the best team and um, if you look at the, the salary salary cap you're coming up against you, you're certainly going to struggle aren't you so um, regardless of what team when, you, when you're playing against a team like that with the salary cap they've got you're only going to be in tr- trouble you've got two tough games coming up now don't get any easier you know you're, back, you're backing up after these you've got to go to Wigan next next Sunday what goes on this week in training how, how do you sort of put things right now is it just a case of keep working hard yeah, and, and to be honest, mate, we, we are working hard in, in, in training. Like, I, I've never been at a club where you train harder. Um, and I think some of the errors what we're, what we're throwing out there are probably from trying too hard, if I'm honest. Um, no one means to drop a ball, no one means to give a high shot away. Um, I just think it probably comes a case of we're tr- trying too hard at the moment and, 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 and not reaping the rewards of it. Um, I, I, I certainly believe if we, if we keep throwing the effort out there, I think things will change, but we need to learn lessons very quickly. We can't drop the ball, play one. We can't give penalties, play four. We can't um, give a give a high shot um, on a kickoff. It just puts pressure on ourselves, and we're doing too much defending. I, th- I think this team this year has shown we can score points, um, but in the second half, well, I think we only had one good ball set, um, and that isn't enough to figure what they're doing out defensively um, where we can start posting some serious points we're just ne- we're just never in the opposition half that's been the story of our, our year we haven't I think we've got enough talent in our back line Sneedy, Brody and uh, myself to put points on the board we just don't spend any time in good ball um, and you can put the best attack in the world if they're not going to be in good ball they're not going to come away with points just mention yourself and your other pivots there do you think at the moment you're doing too much defensive work I mean Brody Croft 100%. he seems to be doing like so much tackling it's wearing you guys out isn't it 100% um, I think it has been mentioned between me Brody and Sneedy that we are throwing some good shapes at, at teams and we look dangerous in, in attack we're just not spending enough down there so on the scoreboard, it'll say, well, so we only scored two tries today. Um, but the two tries have had to come off kicks uh, from myself because we're not spending any time in good ball. We're not spending any time down there. It's not, it's not like we're spending... I think we, even last week, I think we had... Um, I think we had seven good ball sets when Winton had 19 or something like that. Mm. So it's just... It's, it's madness, the, the statistics we're seeing. And, and we had a... We had a bit of a meeting today about stats and about clinical and 
um, we're the next we're the next clinical team behind St Helens. So the amount of time we spend in their their good ball, we actually score tries. So I think we score a try every nine play the balls. Mm. In which their, is a good start in, in their 20 which is a remarkable start um, but that shows whenever in it and I think we have the most play the balls against us in our own 20 so that says we're playing the game in the wrong area of the field and if you're going to invite top teams into, into your 20 and have the most play the ball in your own 20 you're going to concede and that's the most frustrating part is we know we can score points we know we're a good attacking team um, we are just absolutely shooting ourselves in the foot. I can't put it any down to any structure, any tactics, anything individually. We are just compounding error after error after penalty after penalty. Um, and until we until we all learn that we can't do that, it's going to be a long year. Just in, I like to keep things positive. Just on a bit of a positive note, you today, your kicking game, I think it's been pretty good. You've, you're creating tries from kick through. I think we scored the best two tries in the game today, that, that, that kick through at the end there. Have you, is that something you've been working on, that short kicking game? I know you measured one last week for Ken Seal last week and uh, another one this week. That's something you've been working on? Um, not just the kick, but try assist in general. Mm. Um, I've got a stack given to, I think that's eight try assists now um, for the year. I think that puts me like third in the fullbacks mm. uh, in the league. Uh, obviously, three tries as well. Um, you enjoying playing fullback? Love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, listen, I'd, I'd love to be spending more time attacking than, than catching balls. Um, so it, it is something I'm working on. Um, I, I think last year I only got four try assists for the whole year. Um, so I've had eight already. It showed a remarkable improvement. And I think there's a bit more of a, a target on my head this year. Uh, I think teams are kind of trying to come out of line and, and stop, stop it at me. So I've got to find ways of getting out of kicks, passes. Um, so to have eight try assists already um, is a massive improvement for me personally um, and to try and get Ken over the line as much as we can uh, certainly helps so it, it, yeah we do, it is something we work on um, it, I do want my numbers to be to be high obviously looking at Jake Connor's numbers and um, Jai Field and Sam Tompkins uh, to be competing with them now at the top at the top of the fullbacks kind of ladder in terms of try assists and contributions um, can only be can only be a, a good thing for me personally and again I've got I've, all, I've also got things to learn uh, I think that was my, someone mentioned that before about that was my 20th game at fullback because yeah, I made a career playing halfback really so still learning um, but I'm, I'm quite happy with where I'm at and I know, I know there's a, another level to my game ready to come thanks very much for speaking to us uh, today Ryan all yeah. the best this week and good luck at Wigan mate thank you mate so I'm joined by Andy Acker's defeat today um, talk us through what's your feelings about that um, I just think we're doing it tough at the moment um, we've just got, we've got to stick together it's not it's not about the, it's not the case of like teams are beating us we're beating ourselves um, and we're not learning from our mistakes I just think we've got to buy in tight as a group and like, there's nobody to blame but ourselves you know and we've just got to turn up on day and be a lot tighter with each other on the day yeah, obviously it's all about pressure, really, in, in game day situations. As a player, how, how can you kind of recreate that in in sort of training? I just think <laughs> um, you just got to come together more as a group, you know, and, and be more positive. And it's not we're not far off. We're, we're a really good team. We are a really good team. We've got some good individuals, and don't get me wrong, we've got a few injuries as well, but. We are a good team and we're not far off. It's just our own individual errors that will let us down and discipline in, in some areas. But I do believe in that we'll turn it round and we'll turn it round fast. Yeah, two games over Easter. Tough period for you players. Yeah, yeah, it's really tough, you know. Um, 
the coaching staff and, and, and the strength and conditioning staff have been great, you know, getting our recovery in. Um, we're, we're back again, again, we're at Wigan on uh, Sunday, um, which will be another tough game. But like I say, tomorrow we're back in training, do our recovery and we'll, we'll buy in this week and I'm sure we'll fix it up fast. Yeah, obviously you're in the middle of a four-game period against you know four top sides. What, what have you learned about yourself and, and the and the sort of the team in this particular uh, area? It's just there's no there's no easy games in, in Super League. Yeah. You know, you, and, and and you've got to you've got to be stronger through that adversity when you're back, your backs against the walls. You know, and the fans maybe some fans will be writing us off, maybe some fans will stick with us, but. We do believe that we're a really good team and we can turn this around. You know, we had two good performances at the start of the season. We started the season really well, um, but we've just got, just got to gain our confidence back and, and, and stick together a lot more and, and come out fighting again on Sunday. Brilliant. Cheers, Andy. Good luck. Joined by uh, Chris Atkin. Defeat today. Um, talk us through it. Yeah, obviously, um, really disappointing with the result. Um, glad to, you know, feeling it, especially after a tough Easter period and. Um, you know, sometimes you can be on the, the back of some tough games. Um, so, yeah, really disappointed, but um, stuck together as a group um, and trying to move forward. We'll put some things in, in training this week to hopefully move forward. Yeah, it was obviously a tough game against a big uh, Catalan pack, especially on Bank Holiday Monday after after playing Good Friday. Yeah, obviously Catalan are a top team, you know, uh, right up there on the table, um, pushing for, for silverware again probably this year, uh, competing with the best. So, and that's where we want to be. Um, and obviously too good for us to get on the day, but um, nothing too disheartening. Yeah, obviously you, you come on as an interchange hooker. How's that sort of suit your style? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, obviously um, not probably getting the minutes I would like, but um, I know my role in the team and what, what Paul wants from me. So I'm just trying to do my bit and, and stay positive in the squad, whatever opportunity I get. I try to put my best foot forward uh, and give the best for the for the team and for the club. Yeah, obviously you're in the middle of a, a sort of a tough four-game period. Kind of what have you learned about yourself and the team in, in this period? Yeah, I think as a team we've we've learned that you know we're we're a tough group. You know we haven't we haven't got the performance and the results that we want. I mean we're well aware of that. Um, but as a group we we never come off. You know that we give up. And we do feel like we're always trying and probably been a bit dumb in some areas. Um, but as a group, no, we're we you know really confident together. Um, but we just need to turn that into performances and, and results. Yeah, Wigan next week, like you said, opportunity to bounce back. Yeah, obviously they come thick and fast in this period and I suppose that's the, the good thing. There's not too much time to, to dwell on results, but you get back on the horse and you, you go go to Wigan. Again, another tough place, but um, again, we've got to try and stay positive and, and go and put in a performance that will hopefully bring us a result. Brilliant. Cheers, Chris. Good luck. Cheers, thank you. Unlucky today, mate. Yeah, It'll turn, don't worry. So that was uh, Ryan Briley, Andy Ackers and Chris Atkin talking to us after the game. Uh, Paul, and, and like I said, he... he Ryan Bradley spoke to you and he he was talking about sort of how the sort of dumb plays are costing us and and, and he's right really he, the, the players kind of know what the problem is and it's just a matter of them getting together and fixing it. Yeah, it is, and we've seen to repeat ourselves every week, don't we? The players do, Paul Rowley does, and we do when we talk about mistakes and they become like a recurring thing, don't they? Every week we say, oh. Such a body's not concentrated there. There's been a knock on there. Going back to that game on Monday, Dion Cross coming out of yardage, spills the ball into Matty Whitley's hand. Matty Whitley goes over. How do you how do you get rid of that out of the team? Is it a confidence thing? I don't know. I think when you're playing with a smile on your face and you're winning matches and you're not worrying about stuff, things seem to go for you. The look goes for you. You know, you're back to 2019 when we was on that run, winning games. Everything seems to fall into place. 
But you need that bit of quality in your team as well, don't you? Need that leader. Uh, and we seem to lack that at the moment. We seem to be lacking a leader and, and lacking that bit of leadership and, you know, that sort of calming influence on, on the team. Um, we don't seem to have anybody like that. I think, as I said before, I, I sound harsh sometimes, but we do look very, very unstructured. And I know that Paul really likes to play this off the cuff thing, but we sometimes look like we've got no game plan. And I mean that in attack and defence. I know going back to the Warrington game, there was countless sets of six there that we had on the Warrington line. And we, like Paggy said, it was all sideways. There was no like sort of decisive play that's going to say, right, I'm going to run this line. I'm going to go for that gap now. Or I'm going to... And, and last tackle plays puzzle me as well, where sometimes we can build pressure. I think, right, put a kick in. Put a little grubber kick in. Let's get a repeat set. Let's be patient. And we don't. We dollied the ball up in the air. And we did it against Catalan. The, the amount of times we just wasted it. We might as well just give them the ball and said, yeah, you start your set of six. We're not attacking. Uh, so I don't I don't know. The, I've been really frustrated watching the games last few weeks. And you try and look at it and, and think, what what would I do? But I'm not a coach, you know. You know, I like to think I do know a bit, but it's difficult to put your finger on it and I think a lot about it in the week I think yeah such a body's a good player he's a good player why our players are just as good as theirs on paper and why why is things not working and I'm struggling to to, to put my fit I, I used to think yeah I think I know a bit about rugby but at the moment I'm a bit in the dark I'm thinking what, what's going on am I, am I missing something so uh, but I do think a lot of it is down to confidence I think there's a massive lull in confidence at the moment in the club. I know Paul Rowley's not said that, but I, I think there is. I think we're playing very low on confidence and I think we're panicking, we're rushing things and I don't know, there's just something not right. Mark's need for me has not really bossed any matches since the Cass game. I think the Hull away game for me has not been the same since that game, Mark's need. I think that took a lot of confidence out of him and I don't know. We just need to be a bit more belief, I think, in ourselves because those players have, have got the potential to do well, and we all said that at the start of the season. Yeah, I what we what's the new? It's the gameplay intelligence park, and it and when it works, <laughs> it works. But as we can see, sometimes we it doesn't, and we kind of struggle to sort of make things happen and and stay in the arm wrestle sometimes. And and like Park, like Paul said, sometimes you can't really put. I don't think you can put it down to one particular thing. I think it's like you say, players having brain farts at certain moments, coming off a line too quick, or sort of tackling someone too high, too early in a set, too early in a tackle, you've pinned the team in. It's little individual moments that that cost you, and that's why the top teams are the top time top teams because they don't they don't do that. Yeah, I think going back to something Paul said quite a while about ago now, uh, when we first started, was. The fact that we seem to, we make mistakes because we're forcing it. We're trying a little bit too hard at times. Mm. We're just compounding errors rather than just taking a minute to think. It's, it is panic. It's like, oh, I made a mistake last time. I've got to make it right this time. And not not really just concentrating on your game. But be natural to it to these players. They've been playing it since they were, you know, six, seven years old. They know They know what they're doing. It just seems that at the moment... They are forcing it. They are trying that little bit too hard because they're trying to compensate for mistakes that have been made, and it needs a clean a clean slate. I mean, on on Monday, the amount of times we kicked the ball to Artie Mark at fullback, straight to him. You know, there was no pressure. It was the same kick constantly. We're like, are we not learning? 
And it was it just seemed like a case of I've got the ball, I've got to kick it. Not where am I kicking it? Why am I kicking it? What am I doing it for? You know, what's the plan? What's the outcome? It's just a case of it's last tackle, I better kick it. And it was just going straight up and down. And, and he's catching it, he's making 40 yards. But you, you don't give teams that, that kind of possession. And then, then you're making mistakes in defence because you're panicking because you're trying to make up for things. And it, it, it's constant. We just need to get... I think we just need a, a game where things go for us. Even if we lose, but we lose in a manner that you go, I'm proud of that. Do you know when we come away, like on, on Sunday or, or next week against Saints, and we give them a real go, and we come away and go, do you know what, we, we were good there. Take a bit of pride from it and start afresh. Because at the moment, it's, I, think, I think a lot of these things are on players' minds all the time. I think the pressure starts to build. And you're thinking, we've got, we've got to do this. We've got to win this today. If we don't win this today, we, we, just take your time, think about it. Um, and, and we've got, we have got real talent. We've got some, when we get a team on that part, we've got some really good players, but it's just not happening at the moment. Does this come down, Paul, to the fact that we aren't in the, let's say, opposition's danger zone very much and our players kind of compensating, thinking, oh, we've not been up, not been up here for 20 minutes, we need to score? Yeah. And it's a bit like a jigsaw when you start piecing it all together. Mm. Like before, we were saying the part of the pack forwards, we're light on the forwards, we've got no back row. Right. Well, we get beaten the forwards every week because we've not got a bit of decent sized pack, we've not got a massive pack. So that pack that gets you down the pitch, that lays that platform for you, that then allows the likes of Bordy Croft and Marks need to do their work isn't necessarily doing its job. So we're we're sort of making maybe 20, 30, getting to the 40-yard line, then having to put a rush kick in, which is going down the foot because we're not getting further enough down the pitch. We're not making that territory. And I think a lot of it does stem from your pack. Your pack is a massive thing in, in, in rugby league. And for me, as this season, we've been steamrolled a few times. Catalan steamrolled us on, on, on Monday. You know, like it, it, I looked at their bench. We had Chris Atkin on the bench and, and Watkins. And I know, as I said before, Watkins did a good job. They bring, they roll on Sam Cassiano, the size of him. And he just comes on and, and steamrolls you. We've not got a big man like that. How many line breaks have we made this season? That's a good stat because we don't seem to bust anybody. We never bust through and, 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 and make those breaks. So a lot of our tries, yeah, they come from some good rugby, some cracking rugby. I mean, you go back to, to Monday. We scored the best two tries. Mm. Cracking try there. You know, Sneed kicked through, then Briley kicked it through. Some really enterprising stuff. But we've just, we just don't seem to have those forwards that can dominate a team. And eventually, teams like Catalan, St. Helens, they'll just keep grinding you and grinding mm. you. And eventually, they'll, they'll, they'll just get over the top here, won't they? And that's what a lot of teams have done to us this season, just ground us down. Yeah, I, when I spoke to Paul Rowley at Wakefield, I said that we struggle to make meters forward, and he was like, "It's not that end. It's 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 more the defensive side, Parky. Teams making more meters on us. So are we looking at it wrong? Are we? Are we? Is it the, the fact that we're absorbing too many tackles and conceding too many meters rather than not making enough yards going forward? Well, both. It's as simple as that. It's both. I mean, if if we're worried about conceding too many metres, why does our defensive line never move up? 
Why do we seem to wait 10 metres till, till the, the opposition comes to us? Hmm. I've never seen any other team do that. I mean, you watch Catalan on, on Monday. Straight out the line, in a line, bang, down. You might make five metres if you're lucky. Do you know what I mean? We, we hang back. Well, if we want to stop what teams are doing, then get up to them. But what, he, what that says to me is that he's worried about this, you know, running up 10, coming back 10, running up 10. But we're not fit enough that we can't do that for 18 minutes. Well, that's not good enough. We knew at the start of the season, by the way, and it was mentioned by the coaching staff, that we knew we didn't have a big pack, so we'd have to play another way. That's not happened. We can't now start blaming, just, you know, saying we don't make meters because of the pack, because we knew that was going to happen. This isn't, you know, this hasn't happened overnight. We haven't just lost seven forwards and, you know, we're, all of a sudden we're in major trouble. It, it, it is a case of, of both sides of the game. Defensively, we've got to be better. We've got to make them one-on-one tackles because there's too many of them get missed. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and everyone else is then scrambling. We're on the back foot, we're offside, whatever. We're trying to slow to play the ball down. But for me, it is going forward. We don't make meters. Mm. And our, our best line breaker, as, as Paul was saying, no, is, is Tim Lafay, who didn't play this week, as, as a centre. Well, realistically, we need some forwards getting in them stacks, breaking the line. Mm. To, you know what I mean? Getting through, trying to offload. Dude, it's not happening. We're just straight into the first man at tackle and going down. Now, that's... I don't know. It, you can you can say what you like, but every other team has forwards more or less the same size as ours. Yeah, some are bigger ones, mm. but none really. You know what I mean? They're all of a standard. So what's the difference? I, I don't know what the answer is. I haven't got the answer. That's why I'm not Wayne Bennett. You know, but <laughs> yeah. I can see what from my point of view when I'm watching them that we're not moving up in defence, so the opposition do make more meters, and we don't make any meters going forward. Or does it come down to the game play, gameplay intelligence pack there, Paul, that the fact uh, in defence were a bit unsure, like you talk about the first tackle penalty where it gives players a chance to get back in a line. Things like that, where you think to yourselves, you know, are we switched on enough to think of that in the, the heat of battle? That's the that's the big, big question. Obviously, going forward's a bit different because obviously if you've not got a big... Uh, prop forwards to just roll up the pitch off every on every tackle. You've got to be a bit creative, haven't you, with runners and things like that. So that's something you probably have to have to factor in fitness. Because if you're doing loads of tackling and just dri- driving the ball up every set, you're going to get tired, aren't you? Well, I mean, I, for me, that 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 you basically just wrapped it all up there in what what the coach have got coaches have got to look at as to you know the whole package, hmm. like gameplay intelligence again. Just before half time on, on Monday, Catalan gave away three or four penalties and had a man sin bin. Yeah. Prevented us scoring a try. Yeah. We ended up taking a penalty that we missed. Mm. That, they got the result exactly what they wanted from that. They knew there was about two minutes to go. Could they hold us out for them two minutes? Yes, they could because they could. You call it cheating, gamesmanship, whatever you want to call it. It worked. We didn't score. We could have scored before half time, might have changed the game. They knew what they were doing. We we don't do that. We simply don't do that. We keep scrambling and trying to do, rather than just basically put your foot on the brake for a minute, slowing down. Saints are the best at it. Mm. Saints are absolutely the amount of penalties they'll give away or re, uh, another set of six on the first tackle. 
not on the fourth, not on the fifth, on the first tackle, just to give them that enough time to, to get their line set, to get everybody set, and then say, come on, then have a go at us. Mm. We, again, we'll, we'll save it for the third or fourth tackle and slow them down because we're all out of position. And But because we haven't done that on the first tackle. So, Paul, thoughts? Yeah, I forgot to mention it before. Parker just reminded me there about that, that simbinning. Um, we had eight minutes or so, roughly, in that second half when we came out. And we conceded. We we come out and made two mistakes. Catalan got the ball and scored. So that, that ten minutes went. So it's intelligent play. I mean, we play some really dumb stuff sometimes. I mean, going forward, you're talking about the pack before... I think sometimes you've got the, I know you've got a smaller pack. You've still got to fight the tackles. You've still got to fight the tackles. You've got to try and offload the ball. We seem to go down far too easy. You've got forwards on there who can offload it. You've got to ask more questions in the opposition. We don't seem to ask as many questions of other teams. Yeah, I like we might move the ball and, and, and play some flamboyant stuff and score some cracking tries. But I'd rather score some some um, rubbish tries where we just dive over them five yards out. You know, do do the basic things. And I think, but for me. I think out of everything, the defence is the big concern for me. Particularly goal line defence. We are not resilient enough. Our goal line defence is soft. The the tries we're letting in, you've got you've got a battle. You've got a battle harder than that. You've got to cover up, you've got a number up. And we seem to chuck the towel in far too easy. You watch the Super League show. My dad was telling me this morning, he said, Watch that Super League show, there's some comedy to try. I mean, Wakefield and Cass. Wakefield conceded a comedy try against against Cass. Nobody at the play the ball, which was disgusting. But some of ours are just as bad. Some of the tries we conceded. So the defence has got to be better. I mean, you, you can't really coax that defence. That should be something that's in you there. I mean, you know, come on, you've got to tackle. That's what you get paid to do. That's your job. So it's like knock-ons and stuff like that. I mean, if you ever listen to the Australian commentary um, and listen to their commentators over there, you drop the ball in the game in the NRL the commentators are going mad because you don't get paid to drop the ball it's like he's dropped the ball what's he doing what's going on and over here I think sometimes we sort of take it too lightly you know you can't make these amount of mistakes you should be more pride in your game don't drop the ball don't miss that tackle do the basics right and I've always thought that Australians do you know especially the test side they do that, that better than anybody but you know, perhaps perhaps we need to get down back to basics. Just do those basics right. And yeah, if we lose by 10 points, six points, whatever. But at the moment, we're just seeing miles off. Yeah. I th- I'm talking about the Simbinians Park. I think when we beat Leeds, they were down to 12 men for 20 minutes. And we yeah. conceded a try and looked bang average. Mm. So is it is that part of the problem that we, we can't we struggle to, to break a team down that, that will defend for their lives when they're down to 12 men? Yeah, yeah, again, it's. I suppose it's all about just, again, taking a minute and thinking about it. Yeah. We've got an extra man. Warrington did it on Thursday, brilliantly. When when Brayley got simbined, Kenny Seal went full-back. Within two sets, they'd scored on that side where Kenny yeah. Seal would be defending because they knew where we were weak. We knew where our numbers weren't. And they, they exploited it. Brilliant. We, we just don't seem to have that. That intelligence, mm. and I think they came to him again. Right, we've got them now. Let's 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 go. Let's let's score. No, take your time. You've got ten minutes while that man's off the park. How many sets do you get in that time? Do you know what I mean? Just build it. Take your time. 
work them around the pitch. Yeah. You don't have to score straight away. And it just seemed, and I think it is probably a consequence of the fact that we're losing a lot. Mm. And players then try and, you know, again, overcompensate for things. And I don't know, again, yeah, like you say, Leeds, we, 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 but I would say we got away with it because I thought we were a much better team on the night than they were anyway. But but it could have gone wrong. Like you say, we didn't make the most of them, them periods. Um, and other teams, other teams do. And it's something we, we've probably got to look at. But I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for that. You would expect, I mean, you heard it in football, don't you? When you say, oh, you've gone out of 10 men, sometimes it can be hard and then play against 11. And you think, how do you work that out? But, for some reason, it can be, I suppose. Maybe it's psychological. Yes. I, I don't know. But uh, it's just a case of getting, like Paul said, and I've said it every week, you can you, you can replay these podcasts as much as you want. It is basics. Catch the ball. Tackle. That's that's your job. Just do it. Straight. And if, if you can, if you hold on to the ball, you've got a chance. And if you can defend, well... Excellent. That that'll, that'll do us, and that's all you need to do. Mm. But these simple mistakes every week, little drop balls, passes not going to hand, people not concentrating, one-on-one defense, you know, not getting right at the markers and letting them get a quick, quick play the ball and away, and just just do the basics, and and we'll be a lot better. I'm not saying we're gonna we'll win, we'll win games. I'm not going to say we're going to do you know anything special, but these games will be a lot closer than they are at the moment. Yeah, well, a quick look at the, the stats. Top tacklers, Callum Watkins, 32. Andy Ackers, 31. Elijah Taylor, 37. King Bunny, Ayawa, 32. And Sam Luckley, 29, Paul. Mm, yeah, Callum Watkins stands out there. Mm-hmm. Came off the bench and um, can't sing his praises either. I remember thinking at the time, God, he's banging him in second row. He's just come back from injury. But I think he just shows the character of him. I think he just wanted to get back out there and, and prove what a quality player he was, and I think uh, he's going to boost us going forward. And that's a that's a really good uh, good stint from him there. He, I thought he worked his socks off, and he, I, I think if I'm right, he got the man of the match award, didn't he? he did. the, the stadium uh, weekend. So uh, so yeah, so looking forward to seeing Callum as he slots back in because I can't remember the last time he played. He's been out for an awful long time. So uh, and he's a quality player. He's a, a really quality player. So uh, so good to see him back and. And yeah, we, we could ream him off, couldn't we? We could make a list of the players who are out injured at the moment. I mean, Dan Sargent, he's another one who forgot to mention. He's out probably for the season now as well. So, so yeah, we, we, we're doing it tough. And, you know, we said before, he brought Matty Castillo. Matty Castillo was out on a season-long loan, if I'm if I'm right, wasn't he? And, and we brought Matty back at weekend. And that's difficult because he's out there on loan. He thinks he's staying at that club for the full season. And all of a sudden, you get a phone call. He's coming back to Salford. He's not trained, probably not trained with them all week. And bang, he's straight into the side. And that's another bit of adversity, isn't it? Because he's probably not been playing to our systems. He's been playing at wherever he was playing. I can't remember where it was now. So, yeah, it's, yeah, so Newcastle, is it? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it, it, it is difficult. So, um, but yeah, just going back to what you were saying there before about... Um, Managing games and, and that in-game intelligence. I thought Marks need to be doing that, you know, you know, targeting things like that. You know, particularly when players he seems to be at twelve men. You'd like to think he'd be he'd have that knowledge. You know, he's been around an awful long time. So I'm not having a pop at Sneedy, but 
I'd like him to start stepping up and, and perhaps just leading the team around a pitch a bit more because we, we seem to lack that, you know, that sort of person you, you sometimes need at halfback who, who can spot a gap. And Hastings used to do it really well. He'd see things and read things on the pitch and see when a kick's on. And, and Max Nee's made a career out of that, you know, that fantastic kicking game at Hull. You know, mm-hmm. winning them two Lance Todd trophies. He'd pinpoint a kick and he's done it this season sometimes. But for me, just need to get a bit more out of him. You'll just see him doing it a bit more. And perhaps with him again, it's a bit of a confidence thing at the moment. So, you know, he's a quality player. So I think we, for us, it's just, I heard a Warrington supporter say it the other week, we just need a win, a scruffy win to get us back on track. And I think sometimes that's what you need. But then you look at the fixtures and think, oh, blimey, we're going to waste St. Helens away. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if that scruffy win's going to come there. But, you know, never say never. You've, got to, you've just got to keep going, haven't you? Yeah, I'm going to put Callum Watkins in the same category as putting Joel Burgess bigger than I thought he was when he walked past us going back from, from the Man of the Match award upstairs. He's huge. I was he's like, how oh, you're big, yeah. aren't you? Even though he doesn't look particularly massive on the pitch, but in real life, as well, most rugby players like that park, in real life, they look the, the massive, aren't they? It's funny you say that. The lad sat next to me in the, in the West Ham on, uh, on, on Monday said that when Watkins was warming up.
it's like you, you remember your family, like your brother or something. You think, oh, bloody hell, you've not done that well today, but I want you to do really well next week. I'd never come out from a game and think, he's rubbish, he's rubbish. I'm never going there again. I'd never dream of saying that because I, I, I love the club like you used to do and I, I want them to do well. And you just try and, and pick the positives out and, and you think about, oh, we're thinking how we can we can improve and things like that. But like Parky just said there, I, I struggled a bit last few weeks. So God knows how Paul Rowley's gone. Because we, us three, have spent the last, you know, good part of them. Well, we're on about three hours now. We've done, haven't we? And we've <laughs> just been twenty four. <laughs> yeah, and we've we've struggled, though, haven't we? We've struggled to put our finger on it. And like we said, I think there's a lot of mitigating circumstances. I think there's a lot of things that have sort of added to it. And let's just try and keep positive. We've just got to keep positive, haven't we? And you know, who knows? We might catch Wigan on a bad day on 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 Sunday. You know, it's a dinner time kick off. What we need to do is find out where all the players live and go and play a load of music Saturday night and keep them all, <laughs> keep them all up. And I don't yeah, and, uh, I'm sure we'll be all right. We've just got to keep going. Up I think we'll be okay. Right. Top meter makers. Ryan Briley with 100. Ken Seo 112. King Bunny Ayawa 89. 8 out of 10. Costello 99. And uh, Andy Ackers 62. So, yeah, it was, uh, like I always say, try and get near 100. Might be doing something right, but Bank Holiday Monday was a tough gig. Catalan are a big side. Uh, talking through the three-word three match reports of Man of the Matches, David Deacon, poor, poor team formants, King Bunny Ayawa or Callum, can't have both, Dave, it's either, or Colin Wilson, very haphazard performance. He hasn't got Man of the Match, so maybe he could have one of Dave's. KDL, handling error. Um, Croft, Ben Wheeler, error, error, error. King Bunny Ayawa, David Snape, King Bunny Ayawa, Chris and Janet Shenton, look, luckily. Uh, not good enough. Stuart Smart, keep the faith. Watkins, Gary Wilson, go. got no fight, Watkins. Paul, you said, not good enough. Ryan Briley, Arthur Bollard, error, penalty, error, uh, luckily. Red Devil, Watkins, OSF, poor defensive management, Watkins. CNR, CNR uh, knock on again, Briley. Nicholas Fletcher, stop the errors, luckily. Colin Reynolds, um, Croft. Eric Rawson, not good enough, luckily. Tony Frey, more concentration needed. Watkins, uh, TP, stops other mistakes. Les Canine, do more work. Akers, and I've got Alan Woodman, got no leadership. And Andy <coughs> Lancashire, bleak bank holiday, Parky. So, yeah, it's been, it was a tough period, tough two games, but there's uh, there's more to come. Yeah, it was, but it's never going to be easy, was it? At the start of the season, two of the, the, the top three or four favourites over a four or five day period, that, that's how it's going to be. You know, yeah, we know Warrington's trouble so far this year, but I said last week before we played them that I still expect Warrington to be well up there at the end of the season. I think something will click for them. Um, and Catalan was was always going to be tough, it didn't, didn't make a difference. We, and when you look to these fixtures, this, this was the toughest part of the season for us. We've just got to get through this, muscle through it, and, and come out the other side. And let's, you know, let's just hope we can pick something up. But them players have, have suffered the last few days, you know, especially those that have had to back it up the two games together um, and put in big minutes. Uh, you know, I mentioned again for for Andy Akers, who, you know, as a hooker, he's, he's in the middle of everything. And he's, he's played both games over that weekend and it's not easy. You know, his body will be aching, but he's up for it again. He'll be there again on Sunday. So, you know, just got to respect the lads for what, what they put themselves through. And just, like Paul said, just don't we get this this scruffy win or this one performance that'll just 
put us back on an even keel and, and push on for the rest of the year. Yeah. Before we go on to the news, I spoke to Heather Robinson uh, about the, or gave us an update on the uh, Disability Rugby League. There's a physical Disability Rugby League festival happening this Sunday in Warrington, Victoria Park. Uh, and she gave us a lowdown on that. And this is what she had to say. Hello, Heather. Welcome to the show again. Um, looking forward to, to talking all about the things going on the next uh, week or so involving uh, Disability Rugby League. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Obviously, last time you're on, we, we spoke to, we spoke about the Learning Disability Rugby League Festival at Warrington. Uh, you know, how, how was it? Was it a success? It was an amazing day. Um, it was sunny. It was like perfect rugby playing conditions. We had some people down watching us, um, and it was just fantastic to watch the teamwork coming together. Um, of you know the guys that hadn't really played much together, but they they did such a great job. Yeah, it was a real community feel to it as well. Lots of teams, lots of supporters, you know, going down and supporting, uh, you know, the boys and girls playing it. And I think it's great. Obviously, you know, we're looking to expand on that learning discipline rugby league and events like that's only going to help. Yeah, um, it really, really does. So the people that came down were were watching other teams play. They were, you know, getting involved. We were sharing players when we didn't have quite enough players on, on teams and um Everyone just worked so well. Um, the whole day was just an amazing success organised by um, the guys in Warrington. It was just the, the most perfect day. Who did we play? Uh, oh, gosh, we played quite a few people. We played Hull, we played St Helens, we played Wakefield. Um, so there's quite you, you play quite a, a few games uh, throughout the day. You get breaks scheduled in as well. And um, there was just, yeah, so many different. And some teams brought, you know, like three teams with them. So, I mean, that was great. And that's a, a place that we'd absolutely love to get to where we're bringing in, you know, three teams to a festival would be would be perfect. Yeah, obviously, you said on the previous podcast that, you know, there's there's no uh, sort of score, but we, we look we look good, though, don't we? Oh, absolutely. We were amazing. Um, we were, they were scoring tries all over the park. They were doing, did the best job. Uh, passing game was, was brilliant. There was like some proper spinning going on and um, they just, they did so well. And um, one of our facilitators, Dave, you know, he had the pleasure of playing alongside his son for the first time. And, you know, I think that was a great experience for him. And then, you know, we had um, we had tries. Just I think every person on the team scored a try by the end of the day. Yeah, and obviously all the exposure you get and you run. Was it Radio Manchester last week? I was. Yeah, I was on Radio Manchester. It was. Um, yeah, um, I got uh, contacted by Craig um, early on Easter Sunday, going, "Do you want to go on?" Um, and yeah, we went on, and they were asking us um, about that. We managed to get some of the, the physical disability in there as well, and um, had a good chat about um, everything that we're doing um, at Salford in terms of the disability rugby league and, and the offering. Brilliant! Obviously, the next one is in Hull uh, in in May. Looking forward to that. Really, really, um, yeah. So we're gonna go on the minibus there, which. Uh, I'm hoping he's going to mean lots of Salford songs singing on the way there and the way back. And um, it's just, you know, that is away games are, are amazing anyway. Um, but that chance to, to go on the, the minibus with the guys and meet up with everyone in a, in a new place that we've not been to um, is, you know, another great experience for, for everyone. Yeah. Obviously, this week, though, you've got another festival, the Physical Disability yeah. League uh, Festival in Warrington, Warrington. Victoria Park, 24th yeah. um, of, of April. Are you looking forward to that? 
I really am. So this is the first festival that we're going to as Salford. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to be playing, you know, some teams that have been playing for a long time, um, some really, really experienced teams. And um, we're going to go out there and, and show them what we can do. We've got some really strong players on our team. We've got some internationals um, within the team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so um, a few Welsh internationals. So I've got absolutely no doubt that we'll go out there and, and we will smash it. They will, you know, we'll they'll do. We will do a great job, um, and we'll we'll try our best and hopefully come away with a few wins. Tell me about these Welsh internationals. Uh, okay, so Connor, who is our captain, he yeah. is a Welsh international. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Timer. We've got um, Ben. Um, we've got there's there's quite a few of them. I'm trying to think of who else we've got. Um, because Craig, who is our head, um, so the head of Equality, Craig, who yeah. was on the last podcast, yeah. he is the head coach of the PDRL in okay. Wales. So um, it was kind of a case that he invited some of them to play. Um, yeah. We took after the walking rugby on uh, Friday, no, Thursday night, we took timer for his first ever uh, professional rugby league game. We took him uh, to Warrington. So he's kind of seen that. He no, said he'd never seen it at that level before. So um he's got that behind him but yeah they're they're amazing they're a really really strong bunch that we've got um and you know they are gonna do a really good job they've all said to us that you know they're really looking forward to putting on a Salford shirt and they'll they'll do everything for the badge which is all you can ask are you excited about playing on on Sunday I am so I am like so excited I just I never ever thought that I would have a chance to put on a Salford shirt and mm. play and so the the fact that I get to do that is just you know it's like a dream I mean even if I'm only on that pitch for like two minutes I'll be happy and to come off again and you know do what I've done and that that is you know I, I've played and that's I've done what I need to do yeah, obviously, people dream, don't they, of, of putting on that on that red shirt, and, and you'll be living that dream on 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 Sunday. Exactly, it's it's the like it is the dream. I'm I am like really really excited um to be able to do that and you know go out with this um bunch of guys that I I know well now and you know it it's gonna be really really fun. Um, we've got some a lot a really different bunch. We've got people who play like masters rugby, like um, down at Caddy's Head. We've got, you know, like the Welsh internationals who, you know, are mainly you know they've come from union backgrounds. But then, you know, we've also got people who do like we're into league and we're trying to build that as well and get more local people on board to play with us. Are the rules kind of any any different uh, to to the learning disability ones? Um, there's some differences so it's a running form of the game so it's the it's not that dissimilar to your standard super league so the main difference is that you have two kind of different bands of players so you have players that wear red shorts and they're uh, players that for whatever reason can't be tackled so they might have like a, a medical reason that they can't be tackled uh, females can't be tackled and if you're under 18 you can't be tackled it's then just a touch um, but then players who wear the standard shorts they can be tackled it's fair game um, play the ball um, you're supposed to you can play the ball in the normal way but if your disability prevents you from doing that you can play it in a, in a different way um there is uh kicking on the last tackle um so there's a lot of similarities it's just that if it needs to be adapted in any way for a person's disability so you know like if a person can't touch the ball down for a try um you know the referee will be aware of that and will accept it if you just put it over the line so um 
but you know it's it's so it is still you know a very kind of rough and tumble normal game of rugby league and um it's really really kind of shocking in some ways to see people going after people with you know amputees and people with like you know fake legs and all, all over the place it's it is it can be quite shocking at first but to see the the sportsmanship and the the athletic prowess that they have is is amazing yeah it's a kind of opportunity for everybody and, that, yeah. and that's what it is I suppose obviously people with disabilities previously went before this uh, sort of physical disability rugby league was invented they probably weren't able to sort of get involved in rugby league in, in a way but but now with this sort of program running uh, is, is there is a lot of many teams to, to compete against um most of the super league teams have a team um at the moment so uh, or are trying to kind of build one up so we're kind of trying to build them up and then there's we've got people like Bradford who are working on building one up yeah. um I I kind of always say that there's people out there who struggle with disability supports because you're not disabled enough for some but then you're too disabled for others and I kind of fell into that gap for quite a while um and you know I, I wasn't in a wheelchair so I couldn't play like wheelchair rugby not wheelchair rugby league but I couldn't play wheelchair rugby because you have to have um like particular disabilities like you can you can have you have to only have limited use in one of your hands so I didn't fit that that criteria and then there were other ones that I just wasn't able to to play um and so we're looking kind of for those people that fit into those that kind of gap where you know you're not in a wheelchair full-time um, but you know you're also not physically able to play kind of your standard uh, able sports, right? And and, I, and how how do they get in touch with you if if somebody out there now is listening yep. to this and they're thinking how do I get involved in this? Um, so I mean I'm, I'm always over Twitter like sharing stuff. So if people want to message me, that's fine. Um, also if they want to contact the club uh, through the foundation, um, Craig's email is out there as well. If they want to uh send him an email and get in touch uh through that way um and you know we're all always happy to speak to anyone that thinks that they might be able to get involved so you know anyone who has like a sight impairment or a hearing impairment you know definitely they can come and play um also we're going to be there on on sunday at warrington if anyone wants to just come up and, and ask us questions there or just watch a game or two you know they, they absolutely uh, can do um, we're also looking for, so as part of the uh, physical disability game, you're allowed two able-bodied players mm. um, on in your team to be on the field at any time. So we're also looking for anyone who would want to be involved as an able-bodied player. Um, also, anyone who wants to volunteer with us. Um, you know, if you you know want to, if you are a coach, you want to learn to be a coach, or you know anything that you want to volunteer or help us with, it's brilliant. What time is this festival on? So it's from 11 o'clock and then I think it last game is around one o'clock. So it's not particularly long. There's kind of three sets of games um, and you, you know, you can get the opportunity to walk around and just watch them and, and see what's going on. Yeah, obviously, let's talk, talk about uh, wheelchair rugby league. Moonlighting at the moment at Wigan. Uh, yeah. We haven't got a, a wheelchair team no. yet. Uh, played your first game, was it last week? How was that? I did. I played in a friendly against uh, Sheffield Eagles, and it, it was really fun. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it was um, 
kind of really fast, obviously. Um, and I, I had a really great time playing it. There's a, obviously a lot that I've got to learn. And, and at Wigan, uh, I'm playing alongside a lot of like, England internationals and, mm. and people who've been doing the game a very long time. So um, I'm learning from them and what they do. Um, and, you know, I, I'd love to build up and be able to, you know, play in kind of a, a proper game almost. I suppose it's development in it. Obviously, you you can't just expect to to sort of lead the charge straight away. Um, obviously, you're learning out how, how to to play wheelchair rugby, and I'm sure you know, given a few more games, you'll be you'll be a uh, you know one of the main players. I hope so. That would be oh. lovely. I'd love to like. I'd love to be really good. It's, I think it's mainly like the kind of catching with one hand and wheeling with the other hand. Mm. It's that coordination that I'm trying yeah. to work out at the moment. But um, yeah, so that's it's a really really amazing game it's it's so much fun and it's so fast to watch as well yeah and i watched i think it was england and france international yeah. wheelchair game and it's brutal as well they don't in a way they just kind of uh you know they just the they, they get into each other and it's really like vicious at times i think yeah it, and no it really is and they don't um treat you any differently because you're a girl no. either and there, there are a few girls in the league and you know everybody gets treated exactly the same and if you're getting tipped out you're you're getting tipped out so you know it's that's just how it is yeah, uh, obviously you, you'll be in, in Warrington, uh, yeah. but Wigan do play Leeds uh, before our game at Robin yeah. Park, 10.45. So if any of our supporters want to go down and see uh, what, what it's all about, they, they can do. Yeah, you know, and it's free entry as well. Um, so if you want to go in and, and just check that out, I mean, obviously we are hopefully getting um, a wheelchair team at Salford in yeah. the future. So, you know, it's worth going and having a look. Um, the really great thing about Wheelchair uh, Rugby League is it is completely inclusive. So uh, able-bodied people can play it as well as um, wheelchair pe- uh, people in wheelchairs or people who have other disabilities. So it's completely open to anyone giving it a go. Um, and, it, you know, obviously it's an indoor sport, so it's great for the weather we have in the north. Yeah. And obviously, when we do get this wheelchair team, uh, you you could be like the, the you know the captain, maybe. That would be brilliant. I'd be playing like all the sports. Yeah, <laughs> just do them all. <laughs> you go play a couple. Don't, don't want to burn yourself out though, Heather. You know, play no. too many games a week. No, no, absolutely not. Especially if they like schedule on the same day again. That would be, yeah. I suppose hopefully the, the RFL will kind of learn from that as 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 the sports grow. Uh, that, that obviously they need exposure so hopefully like you say TV problems and, and the next sort of festivals and games won't be clashing as bad yeah I hope so and and I think as well we've got the World Cups coming up we've you know we've got um the physical disability one which runs does run alongside the other the three and then we've got the wheelchair um one um so I'm hoping people are going to go and see that and get exposed to what a fantastic game it is um, and how much fun it is to watch. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they'll everyone will get into it and, and want to watch it more. Yeah. Brilliant. Have you on again, Heather. Big thanks no for problem. coming on and uh, telling us what's going on in the world of uh, disability rugby league and wheelchair rugby. That's all right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So that was Heather Robertson at Parky telling us all about what's going on with the Physical Disability Rugby League Festival uh, and the Learning Disability Rugby League Festival that happened last week and also she's uh, having she's moonlighting at Wigan uh, for the wheelchair as well. So she's she's busy. Yeah, we, we won't mention Wigan. Um, <laughs> no, more, you know, the, the, the work that the, these, these guys are putting in for us and, you know, for our club and you know, these kids and what they're getting in. Well, not just the kids, you know, everyone who's taking part, the benefit that they're getting out of it. 
it, it's fantastic, isn't it? And it, two weeks bouncing, you know, these these festivals at this mm-hmm. time. Brilliant. I, I can't, I can't, you know, I said it the other way. I can't, I can't say enough about them. I really can't. That's, you know, we love our first team and, and, and everything else. Then we've got the ladies team who have been absolutely, you know, just an absolute dream this year. And, but that's, that's a different level. But what, 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 what Heather and, and the other guys are doing there, it's, that's, that takes, takes something special, really does. And, uh, you know, I hope they keep up the great work. And uh, like I said the other week, I hope at one point we can get us all together on one day and, you know, get all the teams together. And, you know, let's have, let's have a festival of our own, a Salford festival of, you know, and bring everybody together. And uh, I just, he's uh, brilliant, isn't it? Look, look where we are now. You know, the, the trials and tribulations of what we've got on the picture of the first team. And then you, you read about all this and it pales into insignificance, really, because you realise, you know, it's just sport, isn't it? But, but what these what these guys are getting out of this now and, and the effort that people are putting in in their own time, voluntary, superb, just absolutely superb. Yeah, it's great. Obviously, if you can't get, um, keep your eyes on the on the fixtures and things like I know we're playing on, on Sunday, so it'd be difficult. If you, unless you live in Warrington and you don't have to come at the match then. Uh, then obviously get down and, and, and support them. Other news. Uh, Paul, 25th of April, Supporters Trust quiz down at Salford City Roosters. Um, you know, we, we plugged it last week. It might be, it will be a good night, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will be. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the, the, the posters for it. I think it's John Blackburn, the, the quiz master, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeps migrating me about going to the Lance Todd dinner. Every time I see Johnny, he tries flogging me somewhat. <laughs> so, I see him at Warrington the other night. Um, yeah, it should be a good night. They, they put some good things on the trust, haven't they? And I believe, I don't know if it's knowledge, but I think there's some players going down there, isn't there? I think. I don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to say that. I was, I'm in the WhatsApp group with a few of them and, and they've said something, but I don't want to let anything out of the bag, but um, I will do. There's yeah. some players going, so... <laughs> I think Heather, Heather said there's a few of the oh, right. uh, okay, disability players, I think physical disability and the the learned disability players going down, I think, as well. So uh, there will be players there for us to, to mingle with. Parker? Yeah, I think I think I read something today. I know about a team. A oh, yeah. So um, uh, that's that's what that's for. Um, hopefully I make it, by the way. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely trying to. I'm actually at... Uh, uh, an appointment that oh. that day. Um, so depending yeah. on that, um, but yeah, yeah, it should be should be a, a great night. Uh, more, I mean, again, more great work being done by people behind the scenes that they don't have to. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But raise the money and uh, put it back into the club. So uh, yeah, no, it should be a good night. I do, I do like a good quiz. I know. Uh, we talked about this last week, Parky, when about your quizzing history. Was it right that you won the Super League quiz? A team of us, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. We won. A few years back now, we won the master, what is it? not the masterminds of rugby league, but something, something crazy. I think there was about six of us in the team. Uh, we won, a, we we won other teams from around the league, and uh, and won tickets to the grand final and a limousine trip and champagne and all sorts. Quite good. Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, we, yeah. But if it's so, if it's rugby related, we're all right. Mm. You start asking like that, we might struggle. But um, yeah, no. It, it, I look forward to it. I hope I can, I can make it. I suppose I don't really need my eyes, do I? No. After 
disappointment. I can I can just listen to the questions and answer them. So yeah, I, I'm uh, certainly hoping to be there. Four words: shark in the water. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Um, other other things going on. So, uh, Cadiz and Rhinos are having a race night, 22nd of April at 101st Street, M44 5AF, £5 a ticket. Uh, Paul, um, do you like a good race night? I like a bit. Oh, yeah. I, I, Very I do fun like to play. a bit, yeah. I've just been having a bet tonight. A bit most nights, actually. Until I, was. Um, I, I, I win a bit here and there, and then I spend it, so I don't. I've not done too bad on the rugby league. I win a bit on the well, the the, the handicap betting in Super League is pretty good. I mean, Salford had a four point start against Catalan on on uh, on Monday, which I thought was crazy. And I think Huddersfield had a four point start against St. Helens, so you, you can win a few bob on that horse racing. No, I don't. I don't really do the horses anymore. I've never really done that. I like a football bet. I like me accumulators, but I'm one of them me that does like a tenfold to try and win the massive millions, but they never come in. But it's excitement, and you never know. So sometimes I've, I've come close a few times, but no race night sounds good. And that's Friday. That's this week. It's Friday, isn't it? So when this podcast goes out, it'll be I'm talking uh, about players that are going. It's not a big secret because Cheryl's announced it on uh, Twitter. Right, Ken Co. Joe Burgess, Harvey Levet, ladies team, learning disability team, great night, come along, park it, good times. Yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah, so it's uh, more more reason to go, really, isn't there? If you, you're not a great quizzer or whatever, or, you know, I don't know, you can go and have a chat with the players, go and catch up with them, because we don't get that many socials with them, do we, really, these days? As we used to, um, not through any fault of anybody else. It's just just the way the world is now. But uh, yeah, it's a good chance to go and catch up with the guys, and hopefully, you know, come off the back of a decent performance on on Sunday. They might be in a decent mood. You don't know. Yep. So just to confirm, supporters quiz night twenty fifth, Cadiz Rhinos race night twenty second. Get yourselves down there, support both events. It'll be great. Um, so that's all the news, and now we'll look what's happening in the world of rugby league with Paul Whiteside. Here is this week's Devonly Detail Amateur Report. We'll start off this week with the National Conference League. There was no games last weekend with it being Easter. Well, there was one game actually in the Premier Division that was in uh, in Cumbria between Wathbrow and Egremont. I'll give you the score because it was a, a cracking match actually. A big crowd there. Wathbrow 26, Egremont Rangers 14. No other games because of the Easter break. Fixtures for this week, Saturday the 23rd of April in the Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Thornhill Trojans. Division 1, West Bowling play Saddleworth Rangers and Division 3, Drillington play Waterhead Warriors and Eastmoor Dragons are at home to Oldham St. Anne's. In the North West Men's League, as I said, no fixtures last weekend in that league either because of the Easter break. This week, Saturday the 23rd of April, Division 1, Berry Broncos at home to Ascom. Wigan St. Cuthbert's play Folly Lane. In Division 2, Caddy's Head Rhinos play West Bank Bears. Salford City Roosters are at home to West Horton Lions. Division 3, Rochdale Mayfield A face Crossfields A. Division 4, South and East. Clock face Miners A play Langworthy Reds. Waterhead Warriors A face Higginshaw. In Division 5, Bolton Mets face Runcorn Highfield. And Liverpool Lions are at home to Ashton Bears A and Tameside Knights entertain Liverpool St. Helens. In student rugby league, these games might have already gone ahead by the time you hear this, but on Wednesday, the 20th of April, in the college rugby league, Premier Division Salford Red Devils were at home to Furness Raiders and in North West 1, Cowley 6th form plays Salford Red Devils A. 
we'll take a big step now over to Australia, I think, and have a look at the uh, results in the NRL. It was Canberra Raiders 12, North Queensland Cowboys 18, South Sydney Rabbitohs 36, Canterbury Bulldogs 16. St George Illawalla Dragons 21, Newcastle Knights 16, Sydney Roosters 22, New Zealand Warriors 14, Manly Seagulls 26, Gold Coast Titans 18 and Penrith Panthers, they continued their run, they beat Brisbane Broncos by 40 points to 12. On Monday, Parramatta Eels face West Tigers, Parramatta going pretty well this season actually, they've... Uh, They've won all their fixtures, I think, four out of... Uh, sorry, they've won four out of five, which is one defeat. West Tigers yet to win a match. West Tigers won it in the extra time, I think it was. Jackson Hastings dropped the goal. If you've not seen it, get that on catch-up on, on Sky Sports. We're about 30-odd yards out. Jackson Hastings come back after suspension and does what he does best, wins matches. So, congratulations to Jackson. Congratulations to West Tigers. Fixtures for this week in the NRL. It's round seven. Cronulla face Manly on Thursday. Brisbane Broncos face Canterbury Bulldogs on Friday. Two games on Saturday. North Queensland Cowboys face Gold Coast Titans. And West Tigers are at home to South Sydney Rabbitohs. Two games on Sunday, Newcastle Knights against Parramatta Eels and Penrith uh, continue against Canberra Raiders. On Monday, two fixtures as well, St George face Sydney Roosters and Melbourne Storm are at home to New Zealand Warriors. Right, we're well, moving back over to the UK now for our uh, sort of look outside Super League at uh, what's been going on. Betfred Championship Round 8 it was uh, last weekend just gone. Batley Bulldogs beat Dewsbury Rams in the heavy woolen derby by 36 points to 20. There was another big West Yorkshire derby at Odso. Big crowd for that as well. Almost 6,000 turned up for that. Bradford Bulls 17, Halifax Panthers 20. Featherstone Rovers continued their run. They beat Barrow by 58 points to 6. Sheffield Eagles 30, London Broncos 10. Widnes Vikings were beat at home to Lee Centurion. 36 points to 6 and York City Knights 38 Newcastle Thunder 6 going back to the league game Chris Inu kicked 6 goals from 6 he also scored a try Atahigano also scored and Ed Chamberlain so uh, some ex for players coming up with the points there for Leeds Centurions another big win for the Centurions in Betfred League 1 it was round 4 Doncaster 52 Cornwall 16 Hunslet 16 Keith Cougars 20 Midlands Hurricanes 50 London Scholars 28 Rochdale Hornets 34 Oldham 18 and Swinton Lions were top of the table clash against North Wales Crusaders they were beating 13 points to 6 a good crowd there though at Haywood Road in, Swin- uh, in Sale sorry they got over a 1000 for that game so uh, Swinton 6 North Wales Crusaders 13 so North Wales go top 4 from 4 Swinton a second with 3 from 4 fixtures for this week in the Betfred Championship it gets underway on Friday night, quarter to eight. Sheffield Eagles are at home to Newcastle Thunder. That's at the Millennium Stadium in Featherstone. On Saturday, there's a couple of games in Betfred League One. London Scholars face Rochdale Hornets and West Wales Raiders are at home to Doncaster. The rest of the games are on Sunday in the Betfred Championship. Dewsby Rams are at home to Workington Town. Halifax Panthers face Barrow Raiders. Lee Centurions at home to London Broncos. Witness Vikings take on Batley Bulldogs. York City Knights are at home to Whitehaven. And in Division... Uh, Betfred League 1, sorry. Keith Lecougars at home to Swinton Lions. North Wales Crusaders face Midlands Hurricanes. Oldham at home to Cornwall. That's on the Our League app. And there's a game on Premier Sports on Monday the 25th of April with a 7.45 kickoff, And it's Bradford Bulls against the Featherstone Rovers. That's all I've got for you this week. Hopefully see you on Sunday for Salford against Wigan. So that was Paul's look at the World of Rugby League and all the results in it. And now we'll look forward to the game against Wigan on Sunday. It's time for the devil of the details. Big match review. So Salford face Wigan Sunday, Paul. 
after our defeat in the Challenge Cup, with a bit of a non-event, really, uh, the only way is up. Yeah, to be honest, if I was Bob Rowley, I'd, I'd probably just say to the players, just go there and, and enjoy yourselves. And let's, We've got nothing to lose, really, have we? And let's chuck the ball about a bit and let's just keep tight. Let's just keep it tight. And Do you know what? You never know. I don't think we're going to the Wigan side that we're all conquering the nineties. I mean, they've got some good players, but in that cup tie a few weeks ago, I, I didn't think they played particularly well. I just thought we was awful and never really looked like scoring. So, so yeah, I think that that Matty Peak seems to be doing a good job there at Wigan. I think he's got the defence right. Uh, he's tightened that up, and they seem to be playing a bit of flamboyant rugby as well. And I watched their game against St. Helens on Good Friday. They, you know, they give a good account of themselves, but they were quite a way off St. Helens, really, weren't they? So I don't think they're, they're that sort of level yet. But this will be a tough game. It's always tough going to Wigan. Our record there's pretty poor, and I don't think we've won much much there over the last 40, 50 years, have we? So um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough game, no doubt about that. They're a physical side. They, they don't give a lot away, though, Wigan. They're difficult to score against. Uh, my fear is our defence. We seem to be conceding 30 points every week, don't we? So if we can tighten our defence up, we can give Wigan a game. But it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big struggle, I think. It's going to be a tough contest, Parker. Need to kind of stop giving the silly penalties away. Stay switched on throughout the game. Build your pressure, and the tries will come. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they will against Wigan. I think Wigan are the best defensive team in the league. Um, they, 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 they're phenomenal uh, defensively. They work really hard. I said it after we played them, and probably before in the cup. That going forward, they don't really terrify you. They don't. They're not a team that you, you're worried when they get the ball. They, mm. They're functional, practical, and they will score. But they won't. They're not flamboyant. They don't tear you apart as such. Although Bevan French is back now as well, isn't he? And he's you know they've got plenty of pace, but. It's more their defence. Trying to score past them is is virtually impossible. Well, it was impossible for us um, in the cup game. Uh, we were, I mean, we were blunt as it was, but their, their defence is is brilliant. I think it is the one thing they've got better than Saints. I think the defence is is better. Um, but like like we've we've said, we can score tries. You know, we, we have scored a few points this year. I think last year it was a big a big thing for me that we rarely score more than 14 points a game. You know, this year we we can score, but we're just defensively weak. Um, again, like Paul said, I think I think Paul Rowley's just got to say, you know, put your cares behind you for this. Don't, we don't want to massacre. Just concentrate on doing those small things right. There's no pressure on us. We're going away to Wigan. Nobody, very few teams win at, at Wigan. Very few, you know. And we're talking top teams. Just do your right things. Come away with it with a with a bit of credit. You know what I mean? You can look at yourselves, and the fans will look at you, and even the Wigan public can go, "They're not a bad side, them." You know, you just need a bit of luck or whatever. Come away with it, and let's build from there. Let's start afresh. We're not going there. I'm not going there expecting to win. And if anyone else is, well, good luck. But you know, I just want a performance out of us. It was eight. Uh, Park has nailed it there, Paul. Yeah, of course he has. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever been to Wigan expecting us 
to, to win. I don't think any Salford supporters do. I think you're a bit naive if you do. Same with St. Helens, a ground with or a, a fixture we've not won for 42 years. So that's going to be difficult the week after. That's another story. But no, going to Wigan on 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 Sunday, I just want to see a, a Salford team that's going to give 100. percent They're going to sweat blood and tears for us, and the result will look after itself. If 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 they, if they give 100 percent the weekend and make us proud, I mean, you'll take that all day long, won't you? The situation we're in at the moment. What I don't want is a capitulation. You know, players sort of waving people in for trials. I want to see them on that line, grafting their nuts off, you know, defending desperately, defending like their lives depend on it. You know, go there and pretend it's a Challenge Cup final if you have to do. You know, just just get that in your mind that you're going to give it everything for that game. I mean, I know it's a short turn. I think we play Saints the Friday after, don't we? So that's difficult. But, you know, if I was Paul Rowley, I'd be saying, don't worry about St. Helens. Forget about that. We'll worry about that next week. Let's just chuck everything at this, this Wigan game and just see what happens because you never know. Something might happen. I don't think you can ever go to a game saying we're not going to win this game because you never know. Something might happen. You know, teams have won there before and teams have upset teams before. It only takes someone to get red carded or some early doors, doesn't it? So, you know, don't don't chuck everything away negative. You know, negatively is the word I'm looking for. But no, I'm just expecting a, you know, like Parky said, I just want to see 100% effort and a, and a good performance. Dogs are war won't win us this game. It'll be game play, gameplay intelligence being switched on at crucial moments will win us this game. And that's, and like you said, it's a kind of going to Wigan. It's going to be a tough place to go. So you could just say, well, you know, just work on that and we'll we'll grind it and we'll see what comes out the other end. Because, we, you know, we, we do have sort of players that when they, we are in position can can score goals, score points. So, you know, if we're, if we're switched on and, and, and we don't give away silly points, pressure relieving penalties uh, and make right decisions at right moments we'll come away with a two points Parker so prediction wise what is your prediction for this week do I have to be honest or can I well depends if you're on the Nandals or not really Mm. All right. well I hold out very little hope for us very little but that's Mm. you know I'm just being honest I can't you know, I can't bluff it anyway. We're, we're going away to Wigan anyway. Um, I wouldn't have really fancied us. The form we're in, they've just come off a, a great result against Wakey as well, didn't they? And I thought they performed pretty well against Saints as well, to be mm. fair to them. So, um, but again, we don't know how much that took out of them, the two games over that Easter period and, you know, what injuries or whether they're going to switch the squad. But um, I'm going I'm, I'm to go just for the sake of... The chance that if it does come off, I'll be an absolute hero and you'll have to go and open book top bus ride for me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go 1918 to Salford. Who's Mark Sneed. Sneed. Yeah, in the same style that Jackson Hastings did for the West Tigers this weekend. <laughs> About 40 yards out. <laughs> go on, Paul. Give us your. Give us your... Your best fantasy and the score. <laughs> <laughs> the best fantasy, yeah. What time are we putting this out? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I've wrote on the back of my League Express for the first time ever. I've, I've backed the opposition. I've never, ever backed the opposition. Don't I don't want, think don't I've, I've always backed Salford on here. Don't want the band notes. Uh, I've said 32 8 to, Wig- to Wigan, but oh. I can't do that because I'm a Salford idiot. Yes. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with Salford. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to say, 
Wigan, 14, Salford, 16. 14, 16. So, story behind that. No, I'm just an absolute idiot because I think we're going to win easy. But uh, <laughs> you've got to back, you've got to go with Salford, haven't you? Mm. Um, I just think the attack, like we were saying before, Wigan, good defence, uh, going to be hard to score points against them. So I don't think it's going to be a nice scoring game. I just hope we can defend like Trojans. Mm. So 16-14, late try for Joe Burgess. I'm going to go Salford to win 22-10, and Ken Seal with a hat trick. And one in there, like the last minute in front of the fans, like an interception, runs about 60 yards and dives under the post and everyone spills onto the the gantry bit in front of the uh, playing area. Parker? Well, probably, but they'll stick us in that side stand again, so it won't be the well, same. Yeah, no, <laughs> But like Mark, yeah, fire when he celebrates in front of an empty stand. <laughs> it will be interesting to see the crowd, actually, because it's an early kickoff on a Sunday lunchtime on Channel 4. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be strange, you know, because Wigan's crowds haven't been great, have they, recently? And um, it'd be interesting to, to see how many actually turn up. Yeah. So, that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. Park, another good show. Yeah, I think we've put the world to rights, haven't we? I don't think there's anything we've not discussed except the, the war in Ukraine. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's tough times. Tough times, and you know, I'm sorry to, to people who've listened if they, you know, we've depressed them or anything like that. Not, don't want to. I want to be talking about the happy times, but unfortunately, just got to say it as I say it at the moment. And you know, we're, we're struggling a little bit, but let's hope we just come out the other side of it in the next few weeks. Oh, last thing you said to me before I hit record, let's, let's get this rattled off quick. Two hours <laughs> later, <laughs> that's you. You never stop talking, lad. <laughs> You never started talking. No, no, I've enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, it good, a good show. You two brighten me, me week up every week. And do you know what? I think sometimes I'm just thinking that, like Pag said, oh, I hope we've not been, you know, too downhearted for the listeners. I think you've got to be sensible. I don't think you can come on here and sort of say the referee was rubbish. The referee was rubbish. All our players are great. You've got to be realistic. And I think tonight's podcast, I think us three are realistic. We love the club. We want them to do well. You know, we'd do anything for them. But I, th- I think it wouldn't be right for us to just, to not say, you know, to speak honestly. And I think we, we speak honestly, don't we? And uh, let's just hope come Sunday afternoon, we're um, all running around Nando's with our Chicken. trousers on our head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, you never know. Yeah. I'll tell you what, sod the score. If 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 we win and Ken Seo gets that interception at the end, mate, I'll I'll take you around all the bloody Nandos in the northwest. Brilliant. You, you, they're on me. The Milky Bars will be on me, mate. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and we can't that, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> right. Brilliant podcast. Big thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, we do appreciate appreciate your support uh, and the donations to Colfe and, and all that. It's, it's amazing what, what you're doing. And uh, yeah, big thanks to him. Do a kind of apologise for the length of this one, but I don't think I can cut quality content. And I feel if I do, I'd, I'll be cheating you out, the, the listener, uh, of some of the quality that we come out with. So big thanks to this week's podcast. I'm Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon.